Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. We got a great big convoy up in Canada and American truckers are joining with Canadian truckers protesting vaccine mandates. Get this. They're estimating 50,000 truckers. That sounds, that sounds crazy to me. That can't be right. But they're saying it stretches nearly 50 miles, this trucker convoy in protest. And Trudeau, shaking in his boots, said, it's just a small fringe minority. <laughs> Are you kidding? This is massive. This story is getting really, really big. So we're going to get into this. We got a bunch of other stories. Evangeline Lilly, star of Ant-Man and the Wasp, went down. She's a Hollywood celebrity. Went to the DC anti-mandate protest, publicly endorsed the message getting roasted, but wow, bravo. I'm really surprised to hear that someone out of Hollywood is, is doing the right thing. Which brings us to Joe, uh, Dan Bongino. He's getting censored. His YouTube channel has been deleted. And uh, we got Joe Rogan in the news again. And mm-hmm. I think the story is escalated now to something totally different. The amount of hit pieces that just came out about Joe. I mean, we talk about him quite a bit and it's always kind of like, oh, look at that. They're talking about Joe Rogan again. Now it's like CNN, The Verge, Independent, Outlets across the board are writing different crazy stories. They first tried going for the nuclear option. You know, we, we got a list of doctors. That didn't work. Now they're trying the, the Marvel Jericho missile method, if you're familiar with Iron Man. <laughs> they're just layering all these different hit pieces. And it says something really interesting that I think is actually good news. Joe has set the news cycle. He controls it now. Every time they try and go after him for what he, what someone else says, which, uh, what one of his guests says, Joe owns the news cycle. And if they keep playing into this, it, they're done. The media, is, the media is digging their own grave. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into all this stuff. Joining us today to talk, talk about all of this is Carrie Sheffield. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, Tim. What camera do I look at? I'm that sorry. One. Okay. <laughs> There's so many. Um, hey, everybody. I'm Carrie Sheffield. I am a senior policy analyst with the Independent Women's Forum. We believe that all issues are women's issues. Uh, we are not pigeonholed as women. Um, and we believe in limited government. Uh, we believe in freedom. And we believe that people should be able to make their own choices about their lives. I mean, these are just basic American concepts. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a really interesting story we might be able to get into about this app called Giggle. Have you heard about it? No. It's a female-only app that uses facial recognition oh, yeah. to determine if you're female and it's caused a huge uproar in the LGBTQ community because facial recognition doesn't care about what you identify as. So we'll, 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 maybe maybe we'll get into that later on, though. But uh, that is all, very interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it, it will be interesting philosophically and scientifically. Uh, we have Seamus. Good to be here. Thank you for having me back again. Who are you? I am the creator of Freedom Tunes. If you want to check out my YouTube channel, I do political cartoons as well as educational cartoons and political commentary. Think, and every think, now and again, Tim begs me. <laughs> he says, Seamus, come onto my podcast. Please, Seamus thinks he's life. so famous that he doesn't need to, to explain what he does. That's Everybody knows who incorrect. I am. See, you're making assumptions. I just figured no one's going to care who I oh, am. Okay. It's it's coming from a place of humility. <laughs> All right. Well, I I I I, I agree. Uh, Ian. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to play on camera. Oh my gosh. But Shim got me this uh, beautiful new beanie. 
He was trying to gag you. <laughs> I think there's more That's parts awesome. to it, but I didn't. I, didn't I think you have. You look Ian, like the Ian. kid on the Christmas I think, story. I don't know, I oh. <laughs> no, I think Ralphie. I Ralphie. I'm a, I'm a knight from the Middle Ages. That's well, awesome. I also have everyone. Uh, the glasses kind of. I know. They're <laughs> fogging up. <laughs> there's a there's a beard you're supposed to oh attach God. to it. Oh, cool. Get the full set. Oh, nice. Oh my he's, gosh. Oh, he's What's got up, it. everybody? Ian Crossan over here. I want you to follow me on uh, iancrossan.net. Is it Ian? We can't <laughs> tell. This isn't going to work as oh, is, man. But I thought you were wearing out. a no, mask. No, no, no. That, Thanks, Tim. That, that beard has a mouth hole. You're <laughs> supposed to attach it to the hat. I know. You should have you <laughs> going well. You should have prepared for this. Yeah, it's my MO. Welcome. Wardrobe malfunction. Uh, hey, hi. Looking forward to the conversation. Let's get down and dirty. 50,000 truckers, man. That's Yeah, nuts. that's a lot. Is that real? Let's yeah. find out. Yeah, we're going to find out. Um, I'm always happy when I have ladies on, especially ladies from the IWF. So we're going to have a great conversation today and we can get into it. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support all of the work we do here. We are principally funded by memberships. It is it is it, what makes everything operate. It, was, it, it employs our journalists. It allows this show to continue. And as a member, you will get access to exclusive members-only segments of this podcast. We will have a special members-only segment for you guys up around 11 or so p.m. after the show. They're, they're usually around a half an hour long. You don't want to miss them. They're, they're good fun. We have a lot of really awesome people. And you could look back at the entire library with people like Andrew Torba and Steve Bannon and Alex Jones and Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's all really, really good fun. So uh, help support our work over at TimCast.com. But don't forget to smash that like button right now. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. That's the marketing power of the grassroots effort. We can't compete with all these big companies, but if you guys just take 10 seconds to go copy, paste, boom. If everyone did that, we'd be crushing the mainstream media. But now let's get into that big story. This is from the Daily Mail. American truckers join Canada's Freedom Convoy protesting vaccine mandate as rigs stretch for 45 miles. Trudeau plays it down and calls protesters a small fringe minority. Look at this. With 50,000 truckers driving from Vancouver, the Freedom Convoy 2022 is demanding that their government abolish vaccine passports. They say uh, as many as 32,000 or about 20% of truckers are not vaccinated. Now, there's so much craziness to this story. Aside from the fact this line is massive, GoFundMe, what do they raise? Like $5 million already? Is that it? Well, that's what I heard yesterday that they had canceled a $5 million. Froze it. Uh, froze it. Okay. Yeah, I think they released it. Oh, this is big. It's it's amazing because we had that big D.C. protest, you know, this past weekend. Uh, Robert Malone went yeah. on Joe Rogan's podcast and mentioned, we're going to go to D.C. and protest. Wasn't that big. Was not that big. I think Luke was down there and he said maybe 10, 20,000 people. And I was like, well, you know. But now we're getting 50,000 truckers yeah. stretching 45 to 50 miles. It looks yeah, like well, GoFundMe's releasing 1 million of the 5 million. For some reason, not all five million. Mm. I don't. I I can't um, understand why they would even use GoFundMe. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I don't know why you would at this point. It's interesting because this article uh, that we were all looking at points out that the longest convoy prior to that was five miles long. This Whoa, is 45. what? Yes, and you have Justin Trudeau saying this is a small fringe protest because this is what they do anytime they want to turn public perception against the popular movement. They either claim it's not large or they ignore it. They do it at the March for Life every single year, which is part of why I went there this year to cover it because there were tens of thousands of people there, but they always make it sound like it's a no-show event. How many people do you think were down there at the... I couldn't estimate, but it it was tens of thousands, definitely. Well, and it wasn't just in D.C., too. It's happening all over the country. Yeah, Uh, very true. Yeah. March for Life. March for Life is national, Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, vaccine passports. Mm. This is, I've been waiting for the United States, for Americans and Canadians to unify in some way (laughs) against (laughs) against government overreach. Just Americans in other other 
you know, people from around the world, Australians. What, what's it, what is this going to mean for our food and stuff? You know, because are these guys effectively not working by doing this? There's already a trucker shortage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was sort of talking about this yesterday, but the idea that we could afford to lose 20% of our truckers across any border if the economy was doing well would be ludicrous. With things as bad as they are, it's insane to even have Justin Trudeau or any civil authority ignore this, pretend as if it's not a big deal, and try to force their demands onto the truckers. He either doesn't realize the leverage that they have, or more likely he realizes they do have leverage, but he doesn't care because he's not going to get hurt when the shelves aren't stocked. You are. Uh, what I don't get is why are they targeting truckers specifically? Because mm-hmm. most of your time, you're alone in your cabin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not... I mean, and so, and okay, maybe you're at the Flying J to pick up some snacks, mm-hmm. <laughs> why not the motorists in the car, the four wheelers? You know, agreed. Yeah. Like, wh- well, wh- why truckers? The, the people about none of for that, whom we know? rely yeah. on. I don't understand that. And then I don't understand Omicron. I think changed the calculus for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, if, you know, it's just breakthrough cases are everywhere. So whether you are vaccinated or not at this point, it is irrelevant to whether you will get Omicron. If you look at all of this through the lens of public health, you will be confused the whole time. Mm-hmm. If you look at this through the lens of someone trying to destroy economies, mm-hmm. everything makes sense. Exactly. Why would Cuomo willfully kill people? A- A- Andrew Cuomo in New York was like, I'm going to put sick people in nursing homes and they'll die. And he was warned that would happen. Now, why would he do that if he was trying to save lives? That literally makes no sense. The problem because is Because he got a lot of money from the hospital associations. To send campaign donations to his campaign. Yeah, but, but they, because they were pressuring him because they wanted the money. Right, but no, but he put him in nursing homes. Well, the nursing, well, he, the, the administrators of, of both the hospitals and the nursing homes. The nursing they, homes said, "Give us they, sick people." They wanted the, the money. Mm-hmm. Is that is that it? For, from Just what killing I've, all these people? Yeah, but he wanted the campaign. He the, was under their pressure. The nursing homes said, "Give us more people to make us money." That's is that, as I understand it. That's what they want. They wanted the people there. Well, well, then he killed people for money. Well, also, I think a lot of this makes more sense if you look at it through the lens of these people being control freaks who demand our compliance. So you asked why go after truckers. I think part of the reason is because they just need to see people bend the knee. I think that's a huge reason why these mandates are being pushed on people. They don't I, want I don't, you making your own medical decisions. They want to make those decisions for you. I firmly maybe, believe that. And I think they view it as a challenge. There, to the, well, I think they view it as a challenge to their authority if people don't take their recommendations and do the things they told them to do. And they don't care who has to get suff- who has to suffer when those people are punished. That's what I believe. That's too simplistic. I don't think so. I, I, think, I, that I, they, I think that these people are control freaks. Yeah, but control freaks that want something. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that they're just like, you know what? We have no reason to do this, but we'll do it anyway. No, no, no. All right. So here's the thing. I absolutely believe that there are probably other motives there, but I think once people start standing up and saying no, then the new motivation becomes, well, I need to make sure that they fall in line because if they can say no to this, they can say no to the other demands I make on them. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. I think... A lot of this is political. I think there's political strategy behind it. Definitely. I think they, uh, you know, the interesting thing is that it spans all these different countries. Mm-hmm. You've got Europe, 
enacting much of the same policies that we enact here that, you know, Canada is doing. Now, interesting, interestingly, we're seeing in Europe a bunch of these countries start to end their, their, their lockdowns, mm-hmm. like Denmark, I think the Netherlands, um, a few others. While some are getting even more strict, I don't, I, 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 I look at this through the lens of a pandemic. None of it makes sense. It's like you're trying to put a puzzle together, but if you've got the wrong picture, it's the pieces won't go together. Mm-hmm. And if, if we look at this, look at this through the lens of coordinated political manipulation, then it all makes sense. It does. Why go after truckers? They're destroying the economy. Why destroy the economy? I mean, I don't know, man. There's a, there's a bunch of different reasons. For one, look at what Bill de Blasio said. That he wants to buy up the buildings in New York City now that they're worthless because people are mm-hmm. fleeing and turn them into public housing. So there's one good reason to do it. Yeah. You go after the truckers, you depress wages, you smash small businesses, you transfer wealth back up to the elites, the elites who call themselves the elites in the World Economic Forum. I mean, that looks, you know, plain and simple. Now, I suppose if you want to take it one extra layer deep, we can, you know, listen to Alex Jones talking about an alien intelligence taking over, but that one's a little too far from me. <laughs> I well, can't go there. <laughs> yeah, global elites who are trying to steal money from the working class, well, that's history. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's socialism, that's Marxism, that's the when that's human nature to, to grasp more power. That's just ad infinitum. That's how humans have always been. Um, and we're, I mean, we see this in real time right now in Central America. Um, it's just heartbreaking to see that the, a strong man, strong woman, whatever, dictator, they don't care about the people. It's all mm-hmm. about in Cuba, same thing. That That's how it is. If you want, if you get power, you're power hungry, you're power drunk, yeah. uh, unless you believe that the power rests with the people then fundamentally, if you if you fundamentally don't believe that the power rests with the people and that you are better than them, then you're going to keep stealing more power. That's just human nature. What I find funny about this is the the, the posts and stories where it's like it's white supremacists, you know, like that that's their go to for everything. Yeah, aliens. As if that well, as if that's in any way an explanatory narrative here. Like, why don't these people want to get this <laughs> injection? Oh, they must hate black people. Like, what are you talking about? A bunch about? of How racists got in their trucks. Yeah. It makes no sense. But they, well, they, they not, did the not same to thing. mention the vaccine hesitancy among black Americans is, I think, in many cases, a lot higher than white Especially Americans. Especially in so. Europe. Mm-hmm. But they, they did, they're doing but again, the same that's thing. white supremacy uh, because they're trying to scare black people to not get it. They're doing yeah. the same thing right now with a march, uh, march for life. Yeah, of course. The, the, that Patriot Front group that no sane person thinks is an actual group. <laughs> I know. Was apparently at the March for Life, and now all these articles pop up where they're like, why white supremacists like the pro-life movement or whatever? And I'm like, I don't understand why they would. That makes no sense. Yeah, that's absolutely but, but, insane. What about Margaret Sanger? She was a white supremacist, and she founded Planned Parenthood, so explain that to me. Or the locations of Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. But, but that's why, that you know, that's not an indictment from me personally on Planned Parenthood's choice of locations. The left has their arguments for it. I'm just pointing out, why would a white supremacist be upset with that? Yeah. Why, why would they be like, oh, gee, oh, darn. No, they would probably be in favor of those, 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 those clinics. No, and in fact, I think, uh, live action called up a Planned Parenthood and said, um, I'd like to specifically target a donation to specifically target, uh, for black women. Yes. And they, and they said, wow. they said, yeah, um, yeah, send it on over. And, and, uh, <laughs> he's like, he's like, that yeah. Is, that is wokeness. Cranked yeah. up to 11. Yeah. I'm sure you've got some critical race theorist, like woke, you know, uh, Planned Parenthood woman, nurse or whatever. And she's like, that's so nice of you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. He, he asks over the phone. I can't remember if it was live action, but I do remember that story. Veritas, but it, it was might have been. I don't remember, but I do remember this guy over the phone. like, ah, I, I want to make a donation for people to have abortions. Like, could it, like, could it, could it go like specifically to like minority? He's like dancing around it a little bit, but he basically says, yeah, could you like make sure this donation goes to, to getting black babies aborted? And they're like, yes, of course. 
I can't yeah. do because here. the way yeah. they twist it in their head, and look, I have to put the disclaimer: Independent Women's Forum is uh, neutral on abortion, but mm-hmm. I personally am pro-life. Um, and that's the thing about the right is that we allow for disparate op- opinion on this. If you, there are almost no pro-life Democrats. Uh, they just, for example, tried to book a, you know, Democrats for Life tried to book a meal for during the March for Life mm. uh, at, a, at a restaurant. I think Busboys and Poets in, in D.C., uh, their reservation was canceled once they found out that these were Democrats for Life. Um, but there, I am personally pro-life. But There's actually a lot of Democrats that are pro-life. It's it's huge. Yeah, yeah but, but, but they're suppressed by the establishment, and they're, mm-hmm. you can't fundraise, especially if you're a female Democrat. And I would, getting money. And I would say they're not particularly pro-life if they're willing to just vote Democrat knowing they're voting against their own interests. Exactly. But uh, not, not to derail the conversation. Speaking of truckers, they're doing the same thing. But it's the same old tired playbook. I'm tired of saying it. I'm tired of hearing it. But uh, to be honest, it's getting to a point where now it's uh, it's comical. It's like, oh, you're doing that thing again? You're, you're, you're claiming the protesters are racists? Exactly. Wow. What year is it? Is it 20, 2016? Mm. Oh, it's 2022? Well, oh, and this is get a new bit. There was a there was an incredibly insightful article written in 2016, and I can't remember who wrote it, unfortunately. But their whole point was, after the election, they realized that they couldn't go around calling people racist anymore. And it wasn't that they realized that you can't just call people names. They just understood that that term had lost its meaning. So they started saying white supremacist after right. that. And then they started saying white supremacist all the time. And now I think they've moved on to – they're really playing with using, like, incitement of violence as their new – term or to, threat to, to democracy or threat to democracy yeah but it's it's just the same way of saying the same Yo, a different way of saying the same thing which is that you're disobedient it's chicken little just running around screaming the sky is falling mm-hmm. it's the boy who cried wolf mm-hmm. i gotta be honest i literally don't care yeah mm-hmm. someone could be marching around protesting anything and they would be like that person's racist and i'd be like huh mm-hmm. what else is on i don't care i don't yeah. care it yeah. doesn't mean They've anything. lost the words lost any meaning. meaningless mm-hmm. yeah Kinda yeah, like, and, and I, I, speaking of threat to democracy, I just read a really great piece about the actual threat to democracy right now is the Soros-funded DAs hmm. who are literally ignoring the will of the people by choosing to pick and choose whatever they feel like prosecuting. Oh, These yeah. are laws that have been passed by the legislative branch. There's a thing called separation of powers yep. that says the executive branch is is supposed to. It's not optional. You can't uh, – the DA in New York, for example, can't just unilaterally decide something. These aren't suggestions. So that is the actual threat to democracy. And I'm, I'm really glad to see people like my former boss, John Solomon, uh, He's he's been able to do some great reporting about this and enforcing uh, documents – uh, for example, in Missouri, the prosecutor uh, who was source funded in St. Louis, um, people are, are starting to wake up. Let's talk about the narrative breaking. We've got the story from NBC News. Marvel actor Evangeline Lilly shares that she attended anti-vaccine mandate rally. The anti-vaccination mandate rally held Sunday made headlines because of comments from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. comparing policies to the Holocaust. And even after that, Evangeline Lilly was still willing to publicly come out and be like, yo, I was there because I believe in this. Evangeline Lilly, you rock. You are awesome. You did a great job in Ant-Man and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Big fan. And for you to come out now and, and stand up for what you believe in in the face of, of this psychotic media, going after everybody, smearing people, lying about people, that is brave. That is principled. I respect it. And it shows for everybody else. You know, when Hollywood celebrities start coming out and saying, mm-hmm. nah. That's good news. Yep. The narrative's broken. Yeah. Also, I mean, of course, you know, Holocaust comparisons between the Holocaust and events where no one is being killed 
are so tired at this point that even pointing out that they're tired is tired. Yeah, yeah, people are losing their minds over it, but it's like everyone does it all the time. Particularly, I mean, it happens way more often on the left, but so so banal at this point. But you know, I mean, good for her for standing up for the truth and being willing to say, "Yeah, I was at this mandate. These are my actual values." Because there are a lot of celebrities, I'm sure, who can see through this stuff. Uh, I, I have some faith that there are at least some of them who are capable of it, but they're just not saying anything. Yeah, it's um, the government jumped the shark. That's that that idea from like a TV show, and the TV show's just gone too far. It's had too many new adoptions of little kids to you know whatever. Uh, it comes from Happy Days when I think they literally jumped a shark on yeah, a motorcycle, yes. just trying to one up themselves over and over. It gets so far they're like, "Well, the show's jumped the shark. Mm-hmm. The government's jumped the shark." We know it because we've been watching and we can relate it to 20 years ago or 15 years ago. But young kids that see it aren't going to realize that this is too far. And they might think that it's normal. This is just how government works. Evangeline Lilly's got 2.2 million followers. And she posted a picture of Vax Democrat for Medical Freedom. She said, I was in D.C. this weekend to support bodily sovereignty while Canadian truckers were rallying for their cross-country peaceful convoy and supported the same thing. Yo, this is epic. I believe nobody should ever be forced to inject their body with anything against their will under threat of violent attack, arrest or detention without trial, loss of employment, homelessness, starvation, loss of education, alienation from loved ones, excommunication from society under any threat whatsoever. This is not the way. This is not safe. It is not healthy. This is not love. I understand the world is in fear, but I don't believe that answering fear with force will fix our problems. Mm. I was pro-choice before COVID. I'm still pro-choice today. Bravo, Evangeline Lilly. That was an epic post. And brave... That is, you know what, you know, you know, you know what, guys, stunning and brave. Indeed, yes, <laughs> yes, it is. It was, it was all based until that last sentence, but you know, yeah. I'm, which, I'm glad she's speaking oh, yeah. out about, about yeah. being pro-choice in any capacity. But yeah. I hear what she's saying, and it's great because these are the people who want to spend all of their time claiming that they stand with the working class, and then when you have truckers who are working class and are in many ways, like quite literally, the backbone of the economy. If there's one group you're going to point to and say we can make a solid case that we absolutely need these people, mm-hmm. it's truckers. And so for them to be thrown under the bus and for us to look the other way, especially people on the left who are constantly constantly harping on about like how empathetic they are and how much they care about the working class is ridiculous. So good for her. I mean, she's doing what they claim they're supposed to do. Well, and Ian, to your point on jumping the shark and, and passing the moment, like I think Biden, has, first of all, let's flash you know back in time when the Biden administration used to say, oh yeah, we can't do a mandate. That's just something we can't mm-hmm. do legally. And then, lo and behold, they put the mandate in place. But lo and behold, the Supreme Court says, no, actually, you can't. And now they're repealing their OSHA mandate. So I think even, I mean, the the wave is crested as far as the mandates are concerned. And I have to say, this was an anti-mandate rally, which is contrary to what I I think it was CNN or MSNBC. I forget what I said. Uh, They said it was an anti-vaccine rally. I'm like, no, you obviously don't understand. This is about the mandates. No, they do. They're just lying. Of course. Exactly. Liars. They are. They're liars. Thank you for the correction. That's exactly what You're it sure. is. <laughs> you know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm watching this, and we have uh, Marvel references, and what just comes to mind with the mainstream narrative is that scene from the new Spider-Man movie where Doctor Strange is trying to contain the spell, but it's out of control, and then it just erupts. Hmm. And I'm like, that that is... The, that is the truth. That is reality. And they're desperately trying to contain it, and it just breaks free. And then it shatters the multiverse, and then, you know, reality comes breaking through. Not in that movie. I don't know. A bunch of, bunch of weirdos showed up like Spider-Man from other movies. But my point is, the narrative can't be contained. They're trying as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an anti-vax uh, protest of racists and, <laughs> and white supremacists. And then Evangeline Lilly is just like, nah. That's why you got to stay alive, all of you. 
it's important right now, as hard as things might seem, stay alive because it is shattering and twisting open. This it's inevitable. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's there's really cause for hope here. The fact that they have to tie themselves into knots over this. When they have to lie about how large your movement is and how large the protests are, in a lot of ways, you're in good shape. It's, it's a good problem to have. It really is because people are waking up to it. Imagine the alternative. Imagine if we had to pretend that our protests were far larger than they were. Whoever has to well, lie about the numbers is losing. Trump always was like, huge. My rallies they were big. huge. His, his rallies were massive. So a lot, of, a lot of them were really big. But I mean, you know, when they come out after the inauguration mm-hmm. and it wasn't nearly that big, it was big. And then they were like the biggest ever. It's like, well, if you include streaming numbers, then yes. Mm-hmm. But everybody's always trying to promote themselves. And I, I, I certainly understand why. But the media does the opposite. I remember during, I think it was during Occupy Wall Street, this funny, funny thing happened where a local news station was covering the, one of the protests, like a peripheral protest in, a, in some city. And they, the camera guy, we actually watched him wait until the end of the protest and then start filming when yeah. there was like seven yeah. people. And then there were like people were sharing it. Look at this video of their report. And it was like the protest was quite small. And it shows like, yeah. that's what they do. No, I, so I remember when I was a child, uh, my parents would sometimes take my siblings and I to pray outside of either abortion clinics or in one case, Christ Hospital, because they were performing abortions there despite the name of the hospital. Wow. And media came up. And started asking questions. And as a little child, I'm naive. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what if they ask us questions? And we're going to be on TV. And my dad says, Shay, they only go to old people. They only talk to the old people here. They don't want anyone to think that there are young people interested in the pro-life movement. They, they have to curate a very specific image about who's interested in this. That sounds pretty legit. Oh, my father's very legit. Introduce him to us. Well, where do we go from here? We just keep doing what we're doing. We keep having a movement so strong that they need to lie about how many people believe in it. I usually think like, okay, if if this is true, the narrative is shattering and, you know, base reality is coming back to fruition. Now it's our chance to craft base reality. We can build back better. What's it going to look like? Let's, do you want to do a great build reset? Build back greater, Seamus. <laughs> I'm not in with this this World Economic Forum thing. I wonder if this will precipitate some, uh, other people coming out, though. You know, Evangeline Lilly... Is this is this because we're seeing, you know, Bill Maher, Barry Weiss and other liberals now signal to the left like, hey, it's safe now. You can come out of hiding. Yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah. That's the Barry Weiss thing. I, I, I is, is maybe as cringe as you had pointed out. It comes a year late. I'm still glad it happened because it's it was so high profile. Well, the and, question yeah. is whether she's going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. I don't we don't so. know at this point. I mean, they might try, but I, I don't think so because her attitude is very defiant. She doesn't care. You know what I mean? It's when, when, when people immediately become demure and back down, you know, they don't mean it. But I mean, I, it looks like she really means it. I think she, she, I don't think she just posted this, this image. I think she made a video about it. But let me, let me pull up her Instagram and we'll take, we'll take a look. You know what else? I'd kind of like to suggest this. I haven't looked into this because the thought just came to me, but I would be curious to see how likely these large studios are to refuse to work with famous celebrities when their stock price is down. Because right now the market's not doing too great. And I wonder if that gives leverage to entertainers and performers. Maybe. I bet it does, yeah. Well, when the industry is is, is flopping, you know, we mm-hmm. had uh, Christian Toto on talking about Hollywood freaking out. When, the, when Hollywood's losing their power and everyone's in panic because they're aging out, the movies aren't making as much money. I mean, these, these Marvel movies are blockbusters. They're massive. They're billion-dollar movies. But the industry itself, it looks like it's in a downward trajectory outside of that. Everything's consolidating. Originality is, is de- on the decline. You know, wokeness. It, 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 may be, it may be even that, that people have finally realized, get what go broke. 
You yeah. Know, there, there was a story about the, the new Superman comic I was reading from uh, uh, Bounding Into Comics. The new Superman comic where Superman's son is is bisexual. It sold like half what the other one sold. Now, I, I don't know. We, we talked about it. Some were saying it's because the, 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 the companies decide to sell less to comic book stores and like that. But I'm like, okay, maybe I can't. I don't, I don't know the nitty gritty of this. But I do know that people are complaining about it. They don't want to buy it. You know, if the fans don't like it, they don't buy it. So maybe that stuff's having an impact. And now people, uh, Hollywood celebrities might just be like, it doesn't matter anymore because this whole narrative from the left is ineffective. It loses money. When you look at, and it could even be as simple as Joe Biden's approval rating. People look and they're like, Democrats are not popular and they're retiring in mass. I'm jumping shit before it's too late. Also, like you said earlier, Carrie, the Omicron changed the, the, the terrain. It basically changed the layout of what's going on with, with COVID. It's, it's a less deadly, more contagious, or I don't even know. Is it, it's is endemic. It more yeah. Yeah, it's, it's endemic. Now, it's endemic. Yeah, yeah. Now. It's, it's more contagious. It's, it's, uh, more mild. But, uh, to your point on Hollywood, the chosen, and if, if y'all haven't seen the chosen, you need to see the chosen. It's free. You guys know about the chosen? I've heard no, good things. It? Okay. So the chosen is a serial, uh, video series about the life of Christ. And it was the most successful crowdfunded movie project ever. Uh, and it was just Christians who wanted to have the story of Jesus told. Uh, and, the, you know, it's with acting and it's just very well done. It's incredible. The details, uh, it, it's, it's sort of like fan fiction, but it's actually, you know, based on the Bible, not making a bunch of stuff up. Um, but, uh, they then, because the serial, like they, they released it basically like a TV, um, series. They then decided to do a, a Christmas special in box office, and it actually wow. this Chris, this past Christmas season it just came out in box office. It actually the opening weekend per theater shattered all the big Hollywood films, including they they defeated on revenue per theater House of Gucci, which was like this wow. you know huge money suck. Um, so it was incredible, and it, and that just shows. And I actually interviewed the the um, executive producer of the chosen. I said, "How did you guys slay the giant here? Like, how did you guys do this?" And um, they said, "Well, it, it's just the content." And and I said, "Well, I'm sure now at this point, as you were so successful, you've been approached by big houses." And they said, "Yeah, but we're not we're not going to sur- surrender. We're not going to give that up because they're they're going to try to pervert what we want to preach, which is the gospel of Jesus, uh, and they're giving it away for free." And wow. and their goal is to to have it in in the hands I think of two billion people. I mean they've they've already had wow. you know hundreds of millions of people have viewed this, so it's it's incredible. Yeah, good for them. We were sort of speaking about Hollywood and the fact that they're failing, and I think obviously a huge reason why new companies like this are becoming successful is because there's a niche in the market that needs to be filled. People don't want to be preached at, or ironically, even when they do want to be preached at, they at least want it to be entertaining. And I think there are obviously ways of spreading Christian morals and messages that don't come off as preaching, which are genuinely entertaining. Now, when it comes to whether traditional Hollywood is going to be able to turn this spiral around and climb back up, I think the answer is probably no. And the reason that I'm saying that, it's not just out of a sense of optimism here, and I could be wrong, but... I don't think this is a group of people who on the individual level are interested in success. I believe because of their ideology, they see themselves as victims and they're satisfied complaining about how corrupt the system is when they fail. So they don't need to get a taste of success. I, th- I think that these are, you know, uh, when it comes to Hollywood, when it comes to the establishment left and the media, these are people who are only satisfied if someone else tells them they're worthy. Mm-hmm. So that's why they all just virtue signal to each other. But eventually that group becomes so broken and just brittle that they have no choice but to seek validation outside of that. Exactly. And so I, I think that's part of what we're seeing. You know, look, for, for Evangeline Lilly to come out and say this is amazing and it's, and it's glad to see it's happening among celebrities, 
who was there first is the question, you know, who, who are the people that were always standing up for people's rights that always stood on principle, never backed down, never questioned it. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the people of true principle. So I can certainly say thank you to everybody who's coming around being like, we were wrong about this. It's good to admit you were wrong. Or if you never spoke up about it, speaking up about it now, it's a good thing. Thank you for joining the fray. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to, to, you know, keep that eye out. Some people are just looking for validation. And if they can't get it anymore because their side has gone nuts, they'll just pretend like they want validation from you. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or at least they do want it and they're desperate for any kind of, of adoration. Mm-hmm. You know, people who don't know how to think for themselves. So they just say to you, you know, tell me what to say. Tell me what to think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think we saw a little bit of that with Claire Lehman and Quillette, where they kind of insinuated their way into what was considered the ideological dark web, which was that right wing. Here, let me turn myself up a little bit. Um, and they kind of told right wingers what they wanted to hear until it came an opportunity for them to be authoritarianism. And then they jumped. Oh, yeah, yeah. Claire, Claire, yeah. Claire uh, for those aren't so familiar with, with Quillette and Claire Lehman, I mean, this is a really good example of the, the inverse this is a this is a publication that claimed to be like the intellectual dark web outlet. Now, the founder is pro relocation camp for covid patients and for the covid suspects in Australia. The uh, Quillette and the founder are are uh, opposing efforts to get critical race practice out of schools calling it censorship and anti-free speech. So, you they 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 came in, they said, "Come, come, come, give us give us money, give us money." And then as soon as they had the opportunity, they just did that shift and they were like, "Actually, we were cultist authoritarians the whole time." Hmm. So, what's surprising to me is how many people I know still give Quillette money. Yeah. Like people people who are following me on Twitter or I'll see people tweet about it, and I'm just like, "Wow." You know, there 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 are people that, you know, I've met, and I'm like, "How are you still involved in this organization that is outright pro critical race theory that is outright supportive of relocation camps for people suspected of coming into contact with another person who may have had covid that have that they that, that they support and defend and lie to protect police going to the homes of people and taking them without charge or trial to a camp they're like that's a good thing um, what is it, Claire? And then Josh Zepps, I think, works for them too, isn't it? The- I don't. I don't know if he works for them. He's a he's a, a broadcaster with uh, Australian Broadcasting. Yeah. Okay, isn't it that they're basically under duress from their government? It'd be like living in Nazi Germany and having to be like, yeah, no. the Nazis are just fine. Wink, wink. Get no. me out of here. Wait, hang on, hang on. No, no. I've no. known Josh Zepps for a long time. He's he was oh, he from is- the left. So I'm shocked right. to know that. Okay, I didn't know this this change about Colette. So my yeah. I would imagine that a lot of people are still giving them money because this is news to me. I didn't realize they had turned so so sharply left. So if they're still getting money from people on the right, it's okay. because they might not know the shift has happened. Because Josh Sheps, I mean, he's a nice person, but he is he is not a conservative in any sort of right sort of way. But I mean, the, the, uh, so it's interesting, it's but the, because that must be a new recent thing. Because when I've worked with him, it was you know 2016, and he he would he was the left guy. Well, Colette was like. Well, Claire Lehman worked for Rebel in Canada, I'm pretty sure. So that's very conservative. Yeah. But, 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 Ian, authoritarianism, to, 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 to you can be point, liberal or Ian, conservative and still be this, an authoritarian. Right. Well, that's to, true. To address your point, Ian, I have to say, no, they're not. They may be under some duress to a certain degree. But if Avi Yemeni can go out in Australia, this reporter, this journalist, this personality, and stand in front of police officers and say, you cannot make me leave. I'm a journalist. Okay. If he can do that, Quillette can certainly be like, we think it's bad they're putting people in camps because Avi does. You know, he, he does it all day, every day. So there's a guy who has principles and a backbone who's challenging the authoritarianism. Quillette, they, 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 you know, played their little flute and attracted everybody to come over and throw money to them. And then now it's just been like, the state is great. Mm-hmm. 
those camps can go wrong when um if <laughs> they can go wrong. If there's an emergency, <laughs> but like even if the government doesn't want to hurt people, yeah, if there's an emergency <laughs> and like a flood and then people are stuck in the camp, that's when the guards start to have to make split second decisions. That's when things can go really bad. Is if the guards are going to have to no, leave their Ian, post Ian, for some emergency, Ian, you don't want people stuck in the, camps. The the camps went bad when the camps existed. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the bad, idea bro. of like a landing zone camp is understandable for incoming people in a quarantine and that kind of understand. Like no, you know, well, I mean, I understand the idea of a quarantine. You forty days in port, you wait, and then they let you into the country. That's the history of the word quarantine from Venice. Quarenta. Yeah, building Quarenta. camps. Yeah, is is seems it's it's bad. the first well, step. To be fair, it, it, it's a it's a it's a piece on the chessboard that it can be used for great authoritarian mm-hmm. damage, but it also could be used for for its you know benevolent use. But when an emergency happens, that's when you see the guards are like, I can't let these people out. There's no, fr- there's no running water anymore. Well, and people are like well, starving also, in the what, camp. What's to say these camps wouldn't become super spreader events themselves? Yeah. That's yeah. what I don't understand. Because wasn't that the whole thing of, of, of liberals at the border? Because they were saying, oh, we can't detain any illegal immigrant because uh, they're going to be in these super spreader camps. So we should just let them all go. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's yeah. that's what makes no sense to me about these camps in Australia, just from a logistical standpoint. Josh Zapps is the guy who said that they were international arrival bungalows. Mm. Bungalow. That sounds like got, an Airbnb. <laughs> and then Claire Lehman oh is God. the one who took a bunch of these propaganda photos of Olympic athletes of like, you know, hot babes, she called it. And they were, she was like, look at all the hot babes in this relocation camp. Oh my she didn't God. say relocation camp, but I did. <laughs> and so uh, we made a shirt that's uh, people on a beach with razor wire in front of them and yeah. a guy running from a police boat. And it says, visit Howard Springs, totally voluntary relocation camp. Yeah. It's actually why Luke left. He yeah. saw those women. He's like, I got to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of, uh, was it Fry Fest? Remember that big scandal where? Firefest. Fire Firefest. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're like the the who who was the guy doing it? He raised like millions of dollars, and we're supposed to be this magic camp where all these and like influencers. Like oh, I remember <laughs> with this. With bottled water, and yeah, they got sued. A and lot they got that. sued a ton. Well, you know, uh, so so this guy Billy McFarland is that the guy's name? Is that it was? Fraudulent we, luxury music festival founded by con artist Billy McFarland. Is that is real? He a con artist and rapper Look, Ja Rule. I don't know that. Yeah, Ja Rule. Yeah, that's from Wikipedia. Don't. No, that's how it was. Having a failed event. It's not the same as conning people. You know what I mean? Like That's be, true. Uh, I'm just saying a from a marketing standpoint. Remember when, uh, remember when Tumblr, Tumblr con or whatever it was oh called? Oh my goodness. They had the Derby ball con. pit, the inflatable ball pit. Yeah. And it was, yes. it was like a kiddie pool. I was there. Who's <laughs> <laughs> in the was balls, that? dude? Derby con. Yeah. They like, they were like, we're going to do a convention for Tumblr. And then, you know, everybody bought tickets, but then it was just a big empty like warehouse what? with like, a, an inflatable kiddie pool from Walmart full of <laughs> balls. <laughs> wow. Really, really bad. But so, like, I don't, I wouldn't consider that a fraud or a scam just because someone's incompetent. You know what I mean? So well, I don't, I'm I don't just saying, if you're calling it a, a bungalow, like, like, oh, that, words that, that. matter. That's all. That's yes. what I'm saying. And then, of course, he's the guy who went on, uh, he went on Joe Rogan's show and said, you know, essentially that me and Majid Nawaz were alt-right. Yeah. Mm. And then Joe Rogan calls him out and he says, well, not Majid because I know Majid. It's like, <laughs> so you're saying Tim Pool is. <laughs> alt-right means I don't know them. Yes. <laughs> no, it's just these these people are, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say like, I think they're evil people. So, uh, Many of look, them. Josh Zepps. I don't think Josh Zepps is evil. I don't know I just, I just think he's, he's supporting think... camps where the police go to women, go, go, they went to a mm. woman's home and they said you are being arrested without charge or trial 
And she said she was told it was because she lied to them that they took her from her home and put her in a camp for two weeks. This guy That's lied easy. about what these camps were doing, defended it, accused me of being alt-right for suggesting it, lied about my characterization of what was going on on Joe Rogan's show. Joe didn't have enough information to defend what I'd actually said. This dude is evil. When they have camps and the police go to your home and say, come with us. We have the authority to take you with uh, uh, under duress, with no due process. And he's going on the radio and saying, everybody, it's all right. Go along with the police. Get in the train car. Get in the train car. Yeah, that's evil. That is an evil. I'm not going to swear. It's an evil guy. 100%. Okay. I, I so here, no, but here's that. my question. Is Josh Steps, though, more a product? Because Josh is sort of a an, his his personality. I'm not saying his beliefs. I don't believe that. He's an affable, likable person. I think he's just doing this because the system is, you know, telling him he has to do this in order to whatever. That's the, you know? Well, that's hold on. No, that no, is, no. In, but, in order that's to the banality of evil. That's well, yeah, no, that's what, what I'm. Is. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So is he? I guess it's all about uh, intent. Is he intentionally evil or is he not? I don't think he's intentionally. You can say he's kind, generous, and honest, and still evil. Like that's those that can be true. Like let's um, be let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor. Right, mm-hmm. a character in comic books often does try to save the world, but he doesn't care who he kills in the way. Doctor Doom, for the same reason. I'm not. I'm not saying that Josh Epps is on par with any of these supervillain characters, but when he comes out and at, he, he, he first, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be kind. When I, when I uh, uh, somewhat hyperbolically said that these camps were concentration camps, as the Holocaust Museum defines it, that's a camp where you're taken without due process. That's mm-hmm. how, that's literally how the yeah. Holocaust Museum defined it. So I'm not even, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat trolling on Twitter and I've admitted that. I'm like, I'm just pushing buttons and like, you know, posting silly nonsense. So he, he gets mad and he's like calling an international arrival bungalow, a concentration camp is wrong. And then I'm like, okay, you know, my response was, I was being a little hyperbolic that I can accept, but come on, international rival bungalow. My point was, it's only a matter of time before they round up their own citizens and send them to the camp. Mm-hmm. And after that did happen and I was proven right. He still lies about what I said. Quillette does everything in their power to mischaracterize my claims. When I said you had the, I think it was the premier of the Northern Northern Territories. I don't know a, lot, a whole lot about Australian politics, to be honest. I have a bunch of friends down there. I talk to them quite often. They tell me what's going on. So then I read news stories. He said that the people who live in these areas no longer had the right to leave their homes unless it was a med- medical emergency. That means you can't even leave your home for food. That's what I said. How did they characterize what I said? The state is depriving them of food. No, no, I said you can't even leave your home to get food. So if you're hungry, you got to wait. And and then his response, but they're delivering food to their homes. I'm like, great. When the state locks you in your house like China did, like the Chinese Communist Party did, when they show up to your house and take you by by vehicle to a camp, and and you then you lie about what I said, you lie to defend it, and then you accuse me of being alt-right in an attempt to deflect the entire conversation. I'm sorry. There's no way you can argue that man is not an evil piece of garbage. Well, good for you for admitting that you spoke. You know, you even said, okay, I was trolling. And he didn't have the courage to respond in any sort of gracious, you know, or whatever. They, they mention, you know, Tim even acknowledged that he was being facetious a bit or whatever. And I'm like, right, I'm not literally saying that they're, you know, putting Australians in gas chambers. No, but they are concentrating them in camps. The, the Holocaust mean, Museum just said. Call a spade a spade, man. Get over it. So I, th- I think it may, it was, it was, it was, uh, I don't know, um, there's a Holocaust Museum website. I think it may be out of might be out of Illinois, and they said what makes a concentration camp different from a normal prison. 
They said, when you are placed there without due process. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, if that's their definition. But I wasn't even getting to that point. I was just saying, like, the historical and, and uh, traditional definition was where people were being heavily concentrated, typically, in a time of war or conflict. Yeah, in, in Nazi Germany, they weren't being gassed at the concentration camps in the beginning either. They were just concentrating people there. Well, some of them they just were. Just moving them but there. But some of them Not were. Not in the very beginning. Some of them were always. They were work they, camps at first. Well, I, I think I think history we, will show, and is already showing, that Josh Epps is on the absolute wrong side of everything. Uh, <laughs> he's on the wrong side of science. He's on the wrong side of policy. He's on the wrong side of economics. So at the end of the day, I don't really care what Josh Epps has to say. So props to you. I'm on your it's, side it's, 100%. It's but but I, I, I think... I guess my point is that, you know, as far as so for Independent Women's Forum, we're all about trying to get persuadable people. And so we try to be, as we like to say, happy warriors. We don't we don't try to use language that is so hyperbolic that we're going to turn people off. But the problem is in this day and age when everyone is always about throwing bombs and and trying to be the most outrageous, jumping the shark, you know, how, how does something reasonable how does it break through is that why There's, we have to use the most extreme language to go after somebody like it, josh Epps? like that it, that's what i find so upsetting because i'm like i don't i don't want to call him an evil person i think he's totally wrong and i think he's just on the wrong side of everything but like at what point do we you know turn people off by being so you know hyperbolic well that's this what is, josh this, this is saying this is, is the challenge there's a line and that line is if someone's going around you know murdering uh babies for instance like do you just say we don't think that's evil? We just disagree. Well, that is them. evil. Yeah. Whoa, 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 I agree. Whoa, 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 whoa. I agree. That whoa. is that is evil. Yeah. So, so. There, but what I'm saying issue. is, there are good people. There are people who are good, who who believe in abortion. As in, like they, to them, they don't understand why it's evil. Just, so are you? So everyone right, right, who's right. gotten an abortion is no. an evil person. No, is that I didn't what you're say saying? That, but how about a guy who goes around and lies about what they're actually doing and tells you all of the truths and realities? When you guys go out and say, "Here's what they're actually doing," and then someone goes on the radio and says, "Don't listen to them. They're lying. They're actually white supremacists." You, you, none of that happens. They're not selling body parts. That's all not true. Listen to my voice. Listen. Is it is it evil to go on the radio and tell millions of people that the truth is actually not true? If if in order to to you know so look. There have been a bunch of stories about uh, Planned Parenthood and the, the selling of, of body parts, and we covered them on this show. But you go to some of these news websites, and they will outright tell you, it never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, is, yeah. That, yeah. is that evil? Is it evil? Might be ignorant. Well, I, so also, I think Shame it's... Is it evil? Yeah, absolutely, it's evil. No, I, I agree. It's, Planned Parenthood is evil. Yeah. And, and I guess, like I said, it's all about intent. So if... I think a lot of things are repeated in the media because of peer pressure and because they actually don't take the time they're not intellectually curious there's so much group think so i think there are a lot of people who might repeat something because they don't actually know that it's evil so in that case is the intent of them repeating a lie that so, so yeah i, so, I guess so, it's it's splitting splitting well, hairs well, here well, but well, i well, i, well, I think well, it's important well, from just a, like a messaging well, standpoint yeah, let me let me ask uh, so when josh zapps you know when when my when i said my point was that it's a, it's only a matter of time before they take australian citizens and bring them there when he discovered that was true, would it then still would it then still be uh, good for him to lie about what I said and not admit he was wrong? No, and, that would be evil. I, well, I guess that's what I'm saying is the intent and and the the ignorance. You know, it's all about intent and ignorance. So if someone is truly ignorant about what they're saying, how can you judge them as the same as someone who is not truly investigated? That's that's my my. 
Oh yeah, it's yeah. Not malicious. So, I think, malicious, yeah. Well, also, I think it, there's a really important distinction we need to make here because I think you guys might agree, but the way the language is coming across, there seems as if there's more of a disagreement than there is. We can make a distinction between this person is evil and this action was evil. So we can say that a particular individual might not be morally culpable for engaging in an evil behavior because they didn't know better, but said behavior was still evil. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the sin versus the, the sinner. Well, exactly. Love the sinner, hate the sinner. Exactly. I guess that that's, yeah, and with, with, that's a very, you know, Thank that's you. what Jesus said. But yeah, I, I, see, well, I see what the Quillette people are doing as willful. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. If if, if as, you know better, then that is, I agree, that's evil. If you intentionally know the damages of, of CRT and what it does to race relations, what it does to black people, it tells them they are hopelessly, uh, you know, basically damned, uh, that's evil. I agree. And, it, and if you know that and you're now lying willfully, maliciously, then yeah, I think that's evil. But I think it's all about how, how much do you know? That's all. Right, right, but so that would just be the banality of evil, right? Yes. So the the people in in Nazi Germany who are just like I was just following orders or whatever, exactly. we called that the banality of evil. But you're talking about premeditated evil, yeah, like malicious, well, there, and, intentional yeah. And, destruction. And, and, and that's what I'm saying is like okay, and, and I guess I'm saying this all as someone who was raised in a very abusive cult. Mm-hmm. When someone came at me and tried to attack me, that's the whole point of a cult is that it actually made me trench in more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's my fear when we go around and and call people evil without putting the the knowledge and the education in front of it, then they actually entrench even more. That's and Josh Zepps when he was on Rogan specifically said he felt like he would be talking to one of his friends and be like, "Well, the thing is, okay, they said they were concentrate they're actually just and then Tim is out there being like, "No, don't listen to him." Don't listen to Josh. Well, and that's Josh all, and they that's, are constant. But wait, the listen. Lie. And so Josh feels attacked. You could tell from the way he was explaining it that he felt that you were irrationally attacking. And that's the lie because... And that's the miscommunication. What he was saying was when he was talking to Australian people, but we we don't have a particularly prominent Australian audience at all. I know for a fact. I look at the numbers. I know the ge- geographics. I know that people in Australia do listen to us sometimes. And they, and they super chat saying, like, the hours are wonky because of when you guys go live in Eastern time. But... His point was that when he's talking with people in Australia who mostly don't know who we are, no, he was he was angry because, in my opinion, even Joe said this, he, and 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 I don't even know if Joe was in, was joking. He was just like, "Are you working for the state?" He's like, "Because every every criticism comes up, you deflect, you defend," and he's like, you, "They got you on those state drugs. What is it?" <laughs> and so I'm like, then Joe comes out in a later episode, and he was like, "That dude, you can't do that." Accuse Majid Nawaz and Tim Pool of being alt-right or whatever. But I don't, I don't want to keep harping on this one can guy. I, I think everyone gets the point. Can I just mention one more thing? Cause you made a really interesting point about how you're not really going to persuade people if you come at them in too harsh a way. And I think ultimately it's a question of whether the person you are interacting with is someone you can say with any degree of certainty is acting in good faith. Right. And so oftentimes there are people who really don't know better. And so I'll have a conversation with somebody about uh, abortion or homosexuality or something where I believe they're misinformed. And I think in that case, it doesn't make sense to sit there and tell them that they're an evil person. But then again, if I'm speaking to an abortionist who knows what's happening, who's actually killing these children, I mean, that person is evil. And so, so, it's, so it's, there's going to be a different approach, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I, and I think also because, like I said, w- for what I do on a day-to-day basis, I'm trying to reach women. Sadly, mm-hmm. women are so susceptible to the total BS of CRT. They are so mm-hmm. much more susceptible to the language of the left. I mean, the, the uh, even the New York Times actually did this big, long write-up about gender differences on college campuses and how compared to the 80s, uh, believe it or not, men in the 80s, according to the study, were actually more liberal than women in the 80s. Uh, and flash forward to now, where liberal women are far more liberal. And 
women have bought into the lies of CRT and it just all, all of this, the sexual, you know, total, I don't want to swear, but just made up stuff um, about, uh, you know, the patriarchy and things like that. So it's like, okay, yeah. how do I reach a female audience and, and telling them they're evil to spread off the bat is not going to work. That is so, not at all what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? no, I understand. What so I'm saying, so right. I, I understand and I agree with you. It's someone who knowingly is, right, is, right, right. is spreading so this to millions of people. It, that, that is evil. I agree. When it comes to yeah. an individual who may be doing something like they're smashing, you know, dragonflies or something just for no reason. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're like, Hey, they shouldn't do that because those dragonflies are actually killing mosquitoes or something. I wouldn't come up to them and be like, you evil. Sick. I'd be like, excuse me. Yeah. Did you know? And if they say, that's interesting. Hey, everybody, this guy's lying and he's racist. I bet, okay, this person's evil. <laughs> exactly. This person's acting in bad faith. They're malicious. They want to destroy. They want to cause harm. Or they believe they have rights over you and they should lie to you to control you. Yeah. So if the average person is engaging in something that's bad, well, yeah, you, you treat them like a regular person. In fact, I don't even give them – it's not even about one chance. It's about two, three chances what if, even. What if you talk to a little kid and he's like, you're stupid. And you're like, no, actually, I'm actually kind of smart. And the kid's like, no, you're stupid. Is the kid evil? Just because he keeps well, telling you you're yeah. a liar? He's like, no, you're a racist liar. And you're like, no, I'm not. And he's like – yeah, racist liar. Like, is that six-year-old evil because Ian, he's repeating Ian. this stuff? He's six. Has he reached the <laughs> yeah, age of Yeah, but he's just so repeating. Listen, he's brainwashed. Yes. He's not evil. But, 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 Ian, listen. If that six-year-old starts killing small animals and you tell him to stop and he tells you to shut up because you're stupid and keeps doing it, right. you might have is a problem on Is he evil or is he yes. brainwashed? I don't Hold know, on. man. On, kids are oh. just a product of their environment for the most part. Some kids have sort of mental adults. conditions and they yeah. harm animals for no reason and they don't mm. stop and they grow up. Some kids like burning things down and they end up killing people. Not every person is always going to be a good person and sometimes they're very young when they do bad things. Yeah, I think uh, also I want to add something piggybacking off of what you just said to clarify a statement I made earlier where I was referencing the difference between your average person who believes in abortion and an abortionist. I'm also not suggesting that an abortionist is someone who's completely beyond redemption either. I think that we should try to persuade and help anyone and everyone we can to see the truth, but obviously for different people, there's different approaches and some people are going to be more difficult than others. But Ian, I would say that it's a question of whether that child is past the age of reason. And of course, children are much more impressionable. So I think there's more hope in such a circumstance that you're going to be able to modify the behavior. I, it's not as baked in. Yeah, so, well, I so think I, it was Frederick Douglass who said it's it's easier to build up healthy children than to, to repair yeah. broken men. Yes. So, yeah. so I, yes. I think, you know, I want to go back to something you were talking about with uh, women being more susceptible to, to CRT, uh, CRT and stuff. And I'm wondering if that's due perhaps to you know, the, 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 uh, the trope of women being more socially inclined and men being more like physically inclined or, or, you know, goal oriented, if you know what I mean. Yeah. More, uh, achievement or, um, well, I, I think there are, it's personality traits. I mean, I think this whole concept of what's mass toxic masculinity is something that is, is sprung out of not, so CRT is just, you know, one branch of critical theory. So there's the critical gender theory, critical race theory, uh, critical class theory, all, all of these things. So it's just, it is one big Marxist lie at the end of the day. But I think women are more susceptible because, well, in general, women are more liberal. I mean, I said the thing about the eighties, but generally speaking, voting patterns nationally is that women, they, you know, it, it's, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And so it always sounds nice that Marxism is this fairy tale that sounds nice. Like, why, but, why but not give everybody free stuff? What, what I'm asking I is, it, it, that's, I feel like it's inverted. I feel like uh, women are more social than men, so they're yeah, more they, likely they're, to vote yeah. Democrat because of critical race theory. So, so if you look at uh, Instagram, for instance, 
that women are substantially more likely to get depressed over likes and posting images than mm. men do because there's a social interaction of, of, of uh, being accepted and, and, you know, being cheered on by your peers. So, uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist or an evolutionary psych- psychologist or a biologist or anything like that. So I don't know exactly if that's true. Just something that I've read. So I'm wondering, you know, when I look at the poll from Vox that showed 70, around 70% of millennial women are Democrats. Is this because of social behaviors that men are less likely to be influenced by? Does that result in them yeah, picking up CRT? That's interesting. I mean, I think there is the groupthink and the virtue signaling and the rewards. So if you come out and, and you say, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a 12 year old girl and I'm going to start getting testosterone blockers, mm-hmm. you will get a lot of Instagram likes. Yeah. Um, you're going to be cheered, you know, and it's, it's, uh, and, and what if you uh, are a 13-year-old girl and say, I was wrong about that and want to stop? You will be shunned. Yeah. Is yeah. there any evidence that show if women are more likely to fall into cults than men? Have you guys ever looked into that kind of thing? That is a good question. Well, well, what's interesting is that uh, there were, within Mormonism, which we were talking about because my ancestors helped found it, uh, polygamy. It's a thing. There were I was just about to mention that. Yeah. Ten males yeah. uh, in polygamy. So or in, in Mormonism. Males in Mormonism, just in general. Well, yeah, I, I think in I I think for sure in in practicing Mormonism. I think that's the agreeableness. Uh, Jordan Peterson's Big Five personality yeah. traits. I think it's agreeableness would be the one that would make it people kind of just get a, get along, go along to get along. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, it, yeah, and, and and refuse to dissent. Uh, mm-hmm. Dissent dissent comes with a, a social cost. Right. So yeah, it, so the way the left and Marxism has taken over the the cultural outputs of media, Hollywood and academia, it, it, the the rewards for dissension are diminishing every day every year. So that might be part of it for sure. Uh, Tim, I so think you're onto something. I've, I've I've found multiple articles. Yeah. Women are more likely to be in cults than men. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So this one is just from Steam it. So I'm not sure. It says it's from the Independent. Uh, I just pulled it up on Google. And it says uh, women are more likely to attend traditional religious services and more vulnerable to joining cults. There's a bunch of other articles uh, talking about the same thing. There was one about Nixium, which uh, uh, from the National Post that said women are more susceptible to to, to joining cults. And there's another one from 2014 about Brazil. And they said majority of the women around the world that majority of the people around the world in cults are women. Mm -hmm. Tribal life was probably just like a cult. You got your tribal chief who's the cult leader. And then everybody else, and then in some cults, or in some cults, in some like tribes, cultures, where the word comes from, they would like all share the, the child rearing together. Like all the men would have sex with all the women and they would just, no one knew who the dad was. They would just all as a tribe raise the children. Very cult-like. It, it tends to be very ineffective very too. Very modern day cult-like you would consider. That would be a very weird polygamous cult. What were you going to say, Seamus? Well, I think another way of of analyzing this and the political differences that we tend to see between men and women is it seems to be the case, and there are some smaller studies which have suggested this, but men are much more comfortable with hierarchy than women are. Women tend to be more comfortable yes. in an egalitarian that's, that's structure. That's what the New York Times article was saying as well. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it makes sense. And so, you know, there, there's a time and place for both because which obviously... Which is a very Marxist an idea. If you, mm-hmm. The, if you, the egalitarian promise of Marxism, which is actually exactly. a lie because they have their elite... Party leaders yes. who are, the, you know, by far the the top of the hierarchy. No, exactly. And so I believe that there's there's obviously value in this. And I'm, you know, a, a firm believer in complementarianism and that men and women are different. And, uh, you know, our, our strengths sort of complement one another's weaknesses and vice versa. 
there are good reasons in some circumstances to be skeptical of an authority structure. And so it's good that that is baked into a women generally in a way that's not baked into men. But also it is often the case where the authority structure is fine and you have to submit to it even if it hurts your ego. And in those cases, a more male way, uh, so to speak, of thinking about the issue tends to be the better one. And it's really interesting that we can actually see how that affects people's voting patterns. Well, it's interesting you said that about the hierarchy with with business, because I remember that's something that Jordan Peterson has said over and over, because, uh, you know, women in business are always like, you know, men always run business and they're, it's all sexism. Why, you know, there's the pay gap, which we know is, is mythological yeah. and isn't real, but, but they, they repeat these lies because it makes them feel good because there are, there are fewer female CEOs. Uh, and they're always saying, well, we need to have, you know, a female way of doing business. But what, as Jordan Peterson says, okay, if there was an actual, female way to do business versus male way, uh, the market would reward this. Like yes. if, if there was a non-hierarchical way to do business successfully, the market would reward it. But it, it doesn't because um, it's not true. Yeah. Who was James Damore? Uh, he was Google. A Google yeah, Google. Employee. Yeah. And he actually wrote, we should change the way we, uh, we, we do business here to accommodate women. They called him sexist for it. <laughs> the weirdest thing to me is that here's a guy who's saying, I recognize that uh, women, you know, are in a patriarchy. And we should be more accommodating to them. And they were like, burn the witch. Mm-hmm. Or the warlock in this instance. The warlock, yeah. The wizard. <laughs> no, uh, but I mean, he was saying, like, women women work better in different environments than men. So why don't we do this, that, or otherwise? And they were like, it was a white supremacist, alt-right racist. And it's just like, so when they agree with you, they're racist. When they disagree with you, they're racist. Sure. It's like a moth being drawn to the fire. They're like, come, moths, come to the flame. And then when they get too close, they're like, ha, ha, ha. You did exactly what we wanted you to do. Yeah, it was a trick. You spouted time. our rhetoric. Well, and well, then also, if there was a real pay gap, uh, there would be no men ever hired. Like if you could get exactly. the same quality, same caliber, same exactly. credentialing of a of a female worker for whatever, twenty five percent less. Hell, y'all would be unemployed. Except yeah. that argument assumes men and women have the equal have, have equal capabilities. So I was I always thought that was interesting because um, there's a video by uh, this guy. Maddox, you ever you ever see it? The the truth about the wage gap or whatever. He made it a long time ago. It's actually really well done. And he's like, want to know one one simple reason why there's no such thing as a pay ba- pay gap? Because if there was, no company would ever hire men, unless you had to pay the same, but men were better at the job. Mm-hmm. Then they would only hire men. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's so sad too that there are people who want to deny the reality of these differences because the world is so beautiful in so many ways and one of the things that makes it so beautiful is the contrast between men and women and if we deny that which makes us weaker when we're apart we're also foregoing that which makes us stronger when we come together or at least acknowledging that men and women really need each other but when you want to have this sort of strange flat um, egalitarian marxist style thinking surrounding gender you lose all that there isn't any such thing as a trait which is more prevalent or common um, among men you wouldn't refer to like the masculine virtues or feminine virtues or anything like that be yeah, it. because that's like sad. like Celine Dion, she creates a genderless line of baby clothes because gender is just a construct, and you know, which is so crazy. I went through a really codependent kind of long term relationship about six years, so I came out of it. Pendulum swung the other way, and I was like, I want to be in a relationship where we're equal, where we're both powerful, face you know, alpha. We're we're both you know. Equal means the same. So I tried to go that route, and it didn't work. Men and women aren't the same. No, we're very different. Yeah. And sometimes I think women are not equipped to play a support role. It's not that the man can't play a support role, but man, women are good at it. 
I don't know if that's in, uh, that's a generalization. Like, like, like but the man is the f- tank and the woman is the healer. Yes. Well, it's oh, well, and it's also again this D&D is fans will all uh, very <laughs> shout out to Wow. This is all very biblical, so it's going to be very offensive to people. But yeah, well, there's just a natural law structure to things where women do look to men for leadership, and women are miserable when they're with men who won't step up and take that role. They don't enjoy Sound, that. They don't sounding like Jordan. Peterson. I know it's like that's it's unbelievable. Here's the thing that people <laughs> oh don't understand gosh. about men and women: it's it's they look for men like. to be leaders. <laughs> Keep going. That's keep great. Going. It's like here's the thing. Here's the thing. Can you identify as Jordan Peterson? <laughs> can, can I get I your right now? Yeah, you can get my autograph. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as long as Seamus does identify as Dr. Jordan Peterson, then I can write down that we have we had we had him on the show. That's it's right. true. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, whenever you have one of those relationships where the guys are like, "She's the boss," I feel so bad for both Ugh. of them. For both of them. No one's happy with that arena. I mean, no one's maybe happy with that there might be a situation she's like, where that why works, won't right? he just step up and well, hold do the on, things? Hold on, hold on, Seamus. What, you look at lions, right? Uh-huh. And the male lion lays, lays his about, does nothing. The women do all the work, get all the food. He eats whatever he wants first, goes back to sleep, and then she has all the babies. He's got a baby. Yeah. No. yeah, I mean, isn't that what's going on with these guys? Deal. Not fulfilling. But that's the thing. And I, I've said this before. We live in a culture where women are acting like men and men are acting like children. And part of the reason women are acting like men is because the men are acting like children, and someone needs to usurp that role. Unfortunately, I'm not saying well. It's the a government good thing. is. That's, yeah, that's the government what's happened. Is as well. The government yeah. has has destroyed, for example, the black family. Absolutely. I mean, that's the the fact that 75 percent of black babies pre welfare were born in two parent homes, and now it's the reverse. What's happened is that Uncle Sam has taken over the role of mm-hmm. the father, the I, provider. In the home. Per- perhaps. I mean, I've, I've heard that quite a bit, but I wonder if it's just, how about we just address that first point in, in whatever form? So, uh, for instance, Black Lives Matter wants to disrupt the nuclear family. I don't, I don't know if we need to come out and be like welfare specifically, other than to just say, hey, families are good. Families well, help. yeah, it's, it's, well, it's the culture. It, it's, a, it's always a feedback loop, but the culture predicated the policy and then the policy exacerbated the culture. Because it didn't happen overnight. Well, I want to. I want to. I want to talk about that. Yeah, I just want to mention one more thing. There was actually an analysis, I believe, from the Brookings Institute, which is really fascinating because it said that the primary reason for the breaking up of the black family and the fatherlessness epidemic, which of course we are catching up to uh, as well, is was actually Roe v. Wade and the fact that women could get abortions really subverted the family structure. It was all of it. it. I think it was also just the normalization with the 60s of uh, the disruption of, you know, the mm. drug, sex, and rock and roll. That uh, that basically the norms of, okay, let's wait till we're married before we have sex. Well, yeah. that, 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 that was totally thrown out the window. By the so so this, this whole era was the in, in, infantilization of a generation. Yeah. To be told to live for your, for your pleasures, for your short-term gains, for your whims, like a child, instead of realizing you've got to roll up your sleeves and strive for yourself. That trickles down, and you know, I, I look at, um, I hear these stories. You know, your grandfather he could support a family of five on a high school education, and I'm just like, there's a lot to break down there in, in terms of you know even immigration and stuff like that. But also, these are people who fought in World War II, and they knew the value of hard work, and they knew what it meant that if you did not struggle to survive, you did not survive. And then you get the next generation that have all the fruits of, of World War II. The, the you know we we, we decimated the uh, Japanese and German uh, industries. That that you know, among a variety of things, our industries explode. Our economy is is booming. We have all of these babies, and they grow up in a world where everything's handed to them. Now, I'm very I'm I'm, I'm very much uh, critical of overall of the boomer the boomer generation. Oh, yeah, they've extracted a ton of wealth for themselves. They're hoarding all of that wealth, and yeah, I certainly think millennials are a lost generation too. 
But I think it's it starts with this, and I think it's very simply, you know, you can call it Strasshaut generational theory. You could call it strong men make good times, good times make weak men, weak men make hard times, etc. And we're in that hard time phase. So the, the way I view the boomer generation, some of Gen X and millennials as their children, they are, they are childlike generations. They don't understand the real world. And by real world, I mean, take someone, take a human being, take away all of their clothing and their everything they own and put them in the middle of the woods. Welcome to reality, because that's what life was like. But we've created this bubble of security and safety and industry and technology, and we're all born into it. Imagine starting a video game like you're playing, you know, Zelda, but you have every weapon and every item. You wouldn't understand what you're earning in the video game. Imagine if you're playing an, an RPG and your character starts completely invincible with all of this power and money. You'd be like, what am I doing exactly. here? Exactly. Why it am actually, I playing this game? It makes the yeah. game hard to learn when you have all the abilities when you start. Well, and that's, no, I, Tim, I, I 10,000%, everything you just said, I completely agree with. I mean, like the, the word teenager didn't exist really. Like the concept of a teenager, a teen, I'm a, I'm a teen, a preteen, or whatever. Like that didn't really happen. I don't think until the fifties. Like, is the word teenager in the Bible? No. Is it in the Odyssey? No. Like, it's a concept. It is a wealthy, post-industrialized, rich country, spoiled, who's living off the backs of of the greatest generation. You want you want to get you want to get real real uh, offensive to everybody. <laughs> Feminism only exists in secure, wealthy nations. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Yeah. 10,000%. Well, it, it's it, a luxury. It's a luxury item. In, in, yeah. It, well, it's a correction mechanism. It redistributes the wealth because once that society has feminism, it starts to collapse and the societies that actually have their gender roles together, sexual roles together take over. But it's also the case that with the boomers, what's so tragic about that generation is we look back on them. And, and when I say we, I'm talking about the common narrative, not necessarily what people here believe. Well, people look back on them as if they were this incredible revolutionary generation that came in and shook the foundations. Dude, their parents had lived through the Great Depression and then lived through the Second World War, many of them fighting in it. And even those who didn't fight in it had to struggle through the hard times of rationing. And then with all of the wisdom that their parents had accumulated, they turned around and were like... We need to give them our wisdom. They're like, mom and dad, like, no, I'm going to go to a rock and roll concert and have sex with strangers. And we look back on this as if it, we call it a, a, a revolution. It was the sexual revolution. And that's great if you understand the term revolution the way I do, which is in a negative connotation. But to glorify that kind of behavior, it was a generation of spoiled teenagers who ended up ruining their inheritance. No, totally. And, and it's not progressive at all. It is regressive. Talking about like what you were talking about. Our ancestors living in huts and, and you yeah. know, I have Native American ancestors, so I can say this. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's savage. It's, it's living in, uh, you know, societies that are, uh, you know, promiscuous. That's, that's, it's regressive to go back to that. That's not, that's the, marriage was a, is an, was an innovation for women. I, I don't. I, I'm not as negative on feminism as as you are, Seamus. You know, when, no one is. So when, you know, when I say you know, getting a little, getting offensive, it, I think it's a fact that if you look across the world at all of these countries, the countries that are least secure, it's very difficult for women to to have rights to have power sure. because war, conflict, aggression. But I I think we need a, we need a healthy balance. I certainly think there's been instances of you know uh, men controlling too much and women being less involved. But now we're going the other way where our society is becoming overtly feminine. Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be a happy medium of, of, a, of a matriarch and a patriarchal kind of approach to things like a mother and a father. There's, there's a meme where someone's like he's standing on a cliff and he says, 
com- a company boards should have a man and a woman. And yeah. everyone's like, yay. And then he goes, a child should have a mother and a father. And they're like, boo. boo. But I'm like, no, I, I think that it, that, it, that it scales. And there is a benefit to a masculine and a feminine view. And if it skews too much in one direction, you get you know, authoritarianism in, in, in different ways. Yeah, I, well, and I would say, and this is part of why I still disregard feminism, even though I absolutely agree that in many parts of the world, women are treated like dirt. And also throughout history, men have not always treated women well. Obviously, humans are a fallen species. But in those systems, it's not that you have a patriarchy. It's that you have an extremely disordered patriarchy where the men are effeminate. They're not virtuous. They don't stand up for their women and protect them. They treat them poorly because their conception of the the relationship between men and women is women need to give, 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 and I need to take, take, take. Whereas the way men are supposed to operate is as giving and women um, are to operate essentially as receptive based on any kind of natural law vision of the world. Let's let's do a hard, hard segue because yeah, we, we, we went off into a whole new universe on that one. We have this uh, story. We were gonna, we, I, I said we're going to talk about it. We got this from CNN. Scientists slam Joe Rogan's podcast episode with Jordan Peterson as absurd and dangerous. Absurd. Absurd. What are they talking about? It was the greatest <laughs> podcast ever. I was listening to some of it. I'm saving it because I'm going on a trip this weekend. So I was like, I want to be able to listen to the full four hours. But Jordan Peterson really does does say absurd. You know, he like, kind of like yeah. absurd. But uh, anyway, <laughs> n- let, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, this segment is not about CNN complaining about Joe Rogan's podcast. It's about Joe Rogan's basically the New York Times. Huh. I've talked about this before. Setting the news cycle. What is the story we should be talking about? The New York Times, above the fold, front page news story, Ukraine invasion, Russia goes, <sniffs> are we talking about whatever it is the New York Times cares about? Not really. We're talking about what Jordan Peterson and, and Joe Rogan want to talk about. Joe, did I say Jordan Peterson before? Joe Rogan is effectively... Became, no, you said Joe Rogan. I said Joe Rogan. He's become the New York Times. So when CNN is like, scientists are, are, are upset at Joe Rogan's podcast over his story, Joe has just gotten them to talk about climate change. And now here we are addressing the issue. Joe Rogan's been in the news cycle nonstop for like, what now, months yeah. over mm-hmm. the guests he's been having, and it's in, with increasing frequency. Check this out. First, you have CNN. Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson. We have The Verge. Spotify can't afford to lose Joe Rogan. Now it's not even about Neil Young anymore. It's just about him. We have this from The Independent. What is this one? Joe Rogan podcast guest claims pandemic is the money grab and they're trying to kill us once again. And that's, that's Jordan Peterson. <laughs> so so what I see here is, look, man, you know, we're we're effectively becoming the Joe Rogan review podcast. I'm going to talk about this. But to be honest, we were the CNN review podcast before that. We criticize the media. We criticize the mainstream press and the media lies. And now that Joe is basically taking over, you know, dictation of the news cycle, it is becoming prominent. It is becoming common to discuss the ideas that he's talking about. In fact, so prominent, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe the 13th biggest podcast in the U.S. is the Joe Rogan Experience Review. Whoa. Yeah. It's like some guys talking about what Joe Rogan talked about. Wow. Yeah. Is he the number one? Joe Rogan isn't on uh, uh, iTunes anymore. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Spotify. So, of course, he's number one on Spotify. Right. Never moving. But uh, uh, on on on, uh, on iTunes, I think it's number 13 is the Joe Rogan Review podcast. So this is so interesting well, to me. And watching the mainstream media try to slam podcasts as like this huge source of mis- and disinformation is really intriguing to me because it looks like they're starting to wake up to the fact that Joe Rogan is, in fact, calling the shots. 
like you're you were saying he is in fact controlling the narrative he's making them talk about this one thing that he wants to talk about and whether they realize it or not they're very much responding to exactly what he's doing which if you were a very clever person i'm sure he could use exactly to his advantage and you're right i do think that should give us a lot of hope as far as the right is concerned i think that this means that the media is kind of starting to pay attention to the right starting to hopefully perhaps maybe cater to the right not that we really necessarily want them to but it's definitely a factor and things are definitely shifting so perhaps the tide is turning i was i was right real quick just to pull it oh, up yeah, yeah. i've got the itunes top charts joe rogan experience review podcast number 13 right below and ben father Tavio. mike schmitz is still top 10 with the bible in a year he was the number one podcast wow, look he at was that. the number yeah. one podcast for he's a while. father what a waste he's i hate <laughs> he's uh, so attractive but that is exactly <laughs> priests there are so many look the priesthood is not just for men who are not uh, attractive. <laughs> if you are an attractive young man, do not think your vocation would be a waste. Can you be a female priest? No. Uh, that's a priestess. We don't have those. Yeah. Priestess? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Think Catholicism the Catholic needs more this is no. cool because I don't think Rogan on is I don't consider him on the right at all, and by any means the dude wants like universal basic income. He's super like kind of left libertarian. Um but the anything that's not far left these days, people are like, it's it's right. Because they're trying yeah. to centralize yeah, I, I think, the far like, left. Joe Rogan, I, I think of him yeah, as independent. Like, yeah, I really yeah. do. And, and yes, anything that is not Marxist is right wing. Yeah. But I, I just think of him as, as independent. I've mentioned yeah. this before, but when uh, I, on, on my first day of college, or in the very, at the very least, it was the first class I ever took at college, I was at a local community college, and this, this was in 2013, and my art teacher recommended the Joe Rogan experience. And at the time... The art teacher was liberal. Today, he would probably be considered, if he has the same opinions, independent or right wing. And I remember thinking, what is this like liberal garbage podcast he's about to recommend me? And I remember when I first listened to Joe Rogan, I enjoyed it, but I was like, oh yeah, this guy's definitely like on the left, but I kind of want to hear his opinions. And now Joe Rogan is considered this far right figure. It's so bizarre how quickly that shifted. That's, that's I think what happened to Trump because it's like mm. tr Trump don't, that was one reason I was actually never a Trumper in 2016. I, I now am totally ashamed to admit this. Please don't hate me. I was living in New York, so the vote didn't matter. I I wrote in Ben Sass. I totally regret my oh 2016 my. <laughs> vote, but I was a never Trumper till the end. But then in 2020, I proudly voted for Trump. But one of the reasons why I was never Trumper was that I thought that Trump wasn't a conservative. I was like, this guy donated to Hillary Clinton. Uh, mm -hmm. He has no track mm -hmm. record that I can look to to suggest that he would do anything that's conservative. Um, but I think just by how insanely Marxist the Democrat Party had become, that's that's who he he was an independent person uh, and he, he donated to both sides. Um, but, you know, I think I was unwilling to break my my perception and my bigotry toward this notion of someone had to have this label as conservative or liberal. So I was just looking at the uh, the, the podcast charts. Someone had commented on uh, one of my podcasts, and they said, "I referred to Democrats as city urban liberal types." And city urban liberal types. Oh, that's cult. That's yeah. right. That's true. That's cult. And they were like, "Did you mean to do that?" And I was like, "Oh wow, I did not." <laughs> I was just like these city nice. urban liberal types. Like, so, Second. I, I there we go. We got a new acronym. I love cults. Well, I love this idea I like too. It. That alternative media is dangerous and these podcasters are dangerous as if it was the alternative media that lied us into a 20-year-long <laughs> war. As if it was alternative media <laughs> that refused to entertain the possibility that this virus could have been manufactured. As if it was alternative media that was trying to suppress whistleblowers and remove people's platforms from them. It's so obvious Well, at this point. don't you know? 
that it was actually uh, Joe Rogan who ordered that uh, missile strike on Abdul Rahman yeah. al-Awlaki. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Do you guys that, remember? That, that, he was that child, 16-year-old kid who was who was killed in a drone strike in uh, uh, in Yemen. Oh my gosh. And it, uh, Barack Obama was was sitting at his table and it was uh, uh you know the his 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 uh, cabinet comes in and they're like Mr. President we got a child that needs to die. And Obama was like, uh, Joe, what do I do? <laughs> and then Joe was like, look, look man, look, you got, you got to bomb this kid, dude. Mm-hmm. And then they smoked some DMT. Well, the, the, that's the insane thing, right? These people are such lapdogs for the establishment. And when they say that these podcasts are threatening, we all know what they're really saying is that they are a threat to our control. Yeah. I don't know if it's funny enough for a, for, a, for a bit or whatever, but it would be, you know, the, the gag I'm imagining is like the New York Times is researching like the Iraq WMDs. And Joe Rogan sitting in the room, and he's like, "They got, they got weapons of." He's like, he's like smoking, and he's like, "Yo, they got weapons of mass destruction." I'm like, are you sure, dude? I'm so sure. And they're like, "Oh, they're gonna do it." Trump's like, "You know, you know what? I think there was Russian collusion." Like all of the conspiracy, <laughs> every story, like just Joe oh, yeah, happened yeah. to have been there. So, those, thir- those thirteen Marines who died last August, Joe Rogan ordered joe biden to drop that <laughs> yeah, strike. yeah exactly well, exactly these people are so dangerous it's so frightening who uh hey who convinced the american people or tried to convince the american people that it was a great idea to uh engage in literally the largest transfer of wealth that's ever existed in all of human history and print trillions of dollars was that alternative media why is food so expensive right now joe Sidney. joe rogan joe rogan yeah. joe, joe rogan, rogan. <laughs> joe rogan <laughs> is on the fed joe rogan is he's he's on the he's, yeah he's, he's on the he's on the fed he's he's, fed. he's in a room <laughs> chilling with bezos and bill gates and he just goes yeah i'm just saying there's too many people Oh my gosh! Do you remember when that was like well, the edgy well, you know what? Thing I actually heard that Margaret Sanger is an ancestor of Joe Rogan. Oh, oh yeah, it runs in the family. What if? What if? You know, it's funny. Like we're joking about it, and the and obviously the joke is that they they keep accusing him of being so dangerous or whatever that we're we're, we're jokingly tying into all these things. I think that would be one of the best conspiracies ever. That like <laughs> Joe actually is the leader of the Illuminati and. He keeps Alex close because you've got to keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Ooh. So he keeps Alex no. Jones on standby. It could also be no one like, would suspect no. Joe. He's the foil. They're just like, <laughs> if like five years from now, they try to claim that Joe was on the exact opposite side of every issue that he was actually on because of <laughs> yep. how people reflect on the past. Like, remember when Joe Rogan was like crazy in favor of the mandates? And yeah. in the media, we were like, that's irresponsible, man. <laughs> that's what they, it, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, that's kind of what we're seeing now when you see these, these, like, you know, that's why I'm critical of Bill Maher to a certain degree. Yeah. Because it's like when, when Bill Maher came out and said, Fauci can't tell me what to do. It's like Fauci said, do as you're told in November of 2020. Mm-hmm. And now he's coming out acting like, haha, I'm defiant. It's just like, dude, you're not convincing anybody, you know? So I'll, I'll tell you what'll happen. For one, the point of this segment was to point out that Joe owns the news cycle. He could, he, he could, he could, he talks about with Jordan Peterson climate change and all of a sudden that's like the conversation people are having. It's, it's remarkable because the, everyone knows he, he owns it. So, Moving forward, I think what's going to happen is with like Evangeline Lilly, these celebrities, they know, they know what's popular. Ethan Klein, our good friend over at the H3 podcast, you see him coming out and mocking Joe Rogan over and over again. And it's just like, dude, like you're choosing the losing side of this. Freedom, free inquiry is winning. And all the smear campaigns and everything they want to do, it just doesn't work because what it comes down to is what people want is authenticity. Mm. The people who listen to Joe know He's not a scientist. They know he's not a doctor. Yeah. They know he's not the smartest guy in the world. And you like you can look at the comments and they're just like he's just a guy. <laughs> and and that's what it was with Vice in in the late tw- 2000s and the early 2010s. 
Vice was authentic. You, you, you got the way, the way it was described is that Vice was like if your bar buddy went to Afghanistan. And they'd be talking to you like a friend about what they experienced and telling a story as opposed to a guy in a suit being like, let me tell you as the authority. Mm -hmm. So that's what Joe's embodied. Regular dude having conversations with a bunch of crazy people asking questions. And I got to be honest, Joe's not even particularly adversarial. He's not. Yeah. Like when he had uh, Josh Zepson, Mm. we, 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 you know, I ranted about him quite a bit, who insinuated I was all right. Joe defended me, but still rather passively. And then, and then he tweeted when, when people started making fun of him over his uh, myocarditis segment with Josh Zepps, he said, I love the guy and I'm glad he was able to, you know, show me or whatever. He's still not particularly, at, particularly adversarial. So it's, it's, I will say it's absurd to me <laughs> that the media <laughs> is going after him so hard when Joe had, had, uh, he had Sanjay Gupta on yep. and yeah. defended Sanjay after the fact. When Sanjay read an article saying, I was scared Joe Rogan was going to jump the table on the table and throttle my neck. Rake. When I brought that up, Joe was like, come on, he's just trying to be funny. And I'm like, "I okay, sure, but I wouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he genuinely was scared. I mean, the dude admitted he never had a three-hour conversation right? with another what? human being. That's like, crazy. Yeah, what? Think, crazy. How is that possible? Does he have a wife? Right? Has, he gone, married, to, has he gone to school? Uh, I think oh, yeah. he met like a one-on-one interview. <laughs> oh, interview. I think that was what he was Maybe, implying. Yeah. But, but hold on, hold on, hold Benefit on. Benefit of the doubt here, yeah. yeah but again. I, I, I probably thousands upon thousands of times I've had three-hour conversations with tons you, of different people. Yeah. You, you have. I, yeah. I know, outside of this show. Not Sanjay. But when yeah. I, when, when it's I, not normal, that, though. That, Most people don't do that. Oh, come on, dude. I feel like it is normal. Think, to have a three-hour a three conversation. Hour one-on-one. That's normal. Yeah, that's pretty normal. Dude, yeah. I'd, I'd be at my friend's house. On All the like, people yeah. here, if everyone's like, it's totally it's normal, so you guys. Normal. It's totally normal. Yeah, well, so do you think... We're all talkers. All people are talking. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Carrie thinks it's normal. She doesn't think it's normal. I think it's completely normal. I don't even talk that much. I think it's normal. Ian, do you think it's normal? No, no. But hold on, like... You know, we come from very different backgrounds, all of us here. Yeah. So it may not be a great sampling, but my my story is I'd be uh, hanging out at my friend's house, you know, on like a Saturday evening or whatever. It would be me and like one or two other people, and we would talk for like five or six hours while like, you know, some music was playing in the background. Right, but you're not listening the whole time. Like people will no, chat, all and talking. then they'll be like, huh? Or like you zone out, and you'll be like looking at something while they're talking, or like there'll be times when no one's no, like, no, no, They're no, going no. at it Ian, Ian, straight, Ian, listening to each other for three Ian, hours. You are, you are, you are making up what I just said, but, interpreting it. You're saying I'm for saying five hours. We're literally sitting in this backyard. hung out with a group of friends. It's different. A group of friends had two or three people. Yeah, we're okay. sitting in the backyard and we we're talking about space and time and aliens and we would just talk for hours. I used to do that too. Yeah. Taco Bell. We'd oh, sit there for yeah, four yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. Three refills. My, yeah. At my friend's See, place, yeah. I would go to Wendy's and I would buy like 30 bucks worth of Wendy's and just get back. That was back right. with a dollar menu. So I get like 20 yeah, something burgers. Inflation. Cent, hard yeah. Joe Rogan and that inflation. Right. Damn. Yeah, this yeah, exactly. is, I can't believe. 17 <laughs> years ago and we'd be sitting there on my friend's couch and it would be me and maybe one or some, one other person and we would just be like I remember having conversations about how time could, what time is, and we're talking about gravity, just having the, the exact same kind of kind of conversations that Joe would be having. Yeah, we, that was that was normal for me, and politics too. Yeah, I'd be talking about all this stuff. So for me, when when he mentioned like I've never even had a conversation this long, I'm like, at some point in your life, at Dude, least once, you've never done that. I I mean, I mentioned this at home. I think it was last night, and I was like, this blew my mind. I could not believe that he hadn't had a conversation that. That long, but to get back to your point, I think that Joe Rogan and the Joe Rogan fight really highlights the difference between the elite and just a regular person. And the elite think that they need 
that we need them to tell us what to do. And mm. all we want is someone who's genuine and they can't get it through their heads. They do not understand that. And you know, the fight will never end. Because and that, that, that is the actual threat to democracy. That right. is what the elite mindset is the actual threat to democracy. Joe Rogan is the people. Yeah. Right. He isn't, he's the opposite Fox of the threat to democracy. 100%. Like that, that's what I am so angry about, you know, the Washington Post motto democracy dies <gasps> in dark like that is the most disgusting that's an evil motto because it is so like like every article they produce that they just did a big hit job on the independent women's forum which was full of lies uh and and i'm like you, you actually this elite institution which had a very storied history has become so corrupt that uh their claims again words don't matter yeah. uh, if you're throwing that phrase around you actually don't know what it means Look it's at- the people Look at what the Washington Post does, what they say and what they do. They yes. say, democracy dies in darkness. We are. The we need more darkness. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Bingo. That's, that's what they're doing. I was going to yeah. say, they did a hit piece on you. They did a hit piece on a 16-year-old boy for no reason. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't yeah. even newsworthy. No yeah, it wasn't even a story. What, what was insane. that all about? The Covington Nick Sandman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he got his due. We didn't get our payout, yeah, oh. unfortunately. Are you well, we're gotten that. It's like having the Washington Post write about you is like slipping outside of a fancy restaurant. You're just like hoping, you're like, all right, this might be able to turn into a lawsuit for me. Did they go too far? Are you guys considering suing them? If I if we were, I can tell you, but uh, but they basically went after a, an organization we have. So we have a, a a membership group called the Independent Women's Network, and our policy director Hadley uh, wrote a, it was a form letter, like just a suggestion of a letter you could write to your kid, your um, your school, the kids, uh, you know, if they're being forced to wear masks. Very polite letter, just kind of ideas on what to include in the letter, and the Washington Post takes it. Uh, and they, they infiltrated our group. They, someone bought a fake membership and oh, leaked no. it to the Washington Post. And, um, they're like, uh, this, you know, evil Coke back group, because we get some money, not, I can't disclose how much, but we do get some money from the Coke Network, but we get money from a lot of other organizations, but they put it on the front page and they're like, they're trying to spread misinformation and, uh, basically encourage you know, extremism and violence at school boards and encourage people to, to be riled up and, and tell moms to be, uh, you know, demonic. And I'm obviously, uh, you know, using flourish words, but that's basically what they were saying because of this very polite form letter. Um, and, and, and actually the, the letter itself included studies, um, that, that explicitly, you know, very, well-regarded studies about the the efficacy and the problems with masks. The story didn't even address any of the studies. Mm-hmm. All they did was their their hyperbole and just um, it was it was really upsetting, but not surprising. Well, yeah, they usually will address the mandate and not the the, the actual, actual medical substance. science. Yeah, no, but but to the point earlier, we were we were talking about uh, threat to democracy. So I wrote the piece recently for the New York Post, and I was looking at research about just how bigoted liberals are. So there was a study, a poll looking at, uh, you know, I looked at many polls, but this one looked at college campuses and how bigoted Republican students were versus Democrat students. It found that 30% of Democrats and only 7% of Republicans said they would not work for someone who voted differently from them. Mm. And, uh, and also this polling was done by Axios and Generation Lab, which are not right-wing organizations. Um, and they also said that only 5% of Republican college students said they wouldn't befriend someone from the opposite party versus 37% of Democrats. And then Republicans, uh, 71% of Democrats said they would not date someone who was uh, a Republican oh, versus no. 31%. Oh, 
Oh, they won't date us. I'm so sad. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's horrible. Uh, I think. Well, it's also interesting. They're bigoted in other ways too. There was a, a study which showed that white liberals were likely to dumb down their language when talking to black people, and white yeah, conservatives were not. Yeah, that was really revealing. But did it shock you at all? No. Uh, there was no. no part of me that read that and went, "What? I can't believe this <laughs> right now." Would they? Would they I really do it. that? Mm-hmm. This was a, a big red pill for. Uh, I, I can't remember who we were talking to. Was it? Was it Batia? Baby, um, yeah. She. I think she was saying that that was the like the red pill moment for her when she read that and was like, "Is if this is true? Like that's that says something." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it I says think, it, and it says it in a dumbed down way. Yeah, because it looks down on you. It thinks that you exist as a pawn for its political agenda. Yikes, yeah. Well, it's the uh, city urban liberal types. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. That's right. Yeah. City urban. I sense a t-shirt coming out. Yeah. Hey, that's a good one. Hey, hey. Is that why women are more likely to be a part of it? What? City C-U-L-T. We were just talking. Women are more likely oh, right. to end up in cults. Yeah. So we'll make women shirts? Women, are you saying we should make a t-shirt for women? That's not what I said. I was I was a quick little off-the-cuff joke. Didn't land. Right. Had to explain it. Never pitched I'm a, a shirt. I'm Don't a, put that I'm on me. I'm assuming the people who do the merch for Timcast are listening. Yeah, of course. Yeah, always. Yeah. So, hey, we'll do city urban liberal types. That's a good that shirt, That is a right? really good shirt. Right. I love it. Let's make it. All right, let's read Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash the like button. Or as I, I posted uh, in the chat, smush smush the like button. Oh, smush smush. And uh, uh, send in those Super Chats. We'll try and read what we can. Go to TimCast.com. Become a member. We're going to have a members-only podcast up around 11 or so p.m. Uncensored at TimCast.com. All right, let's read. What do we got here? Lamp, uh, I am says, Ian, the Federal Reserve speaks of making their own crypto, and now the Biden admin is using the national security apparatus to attack them. Why is that? Cryptos, that is. Interesting. You hear that? They're going to regulate it? They want to regulate it? Yeah. Oh, I have heard that. Central bank crypto. I think that it, is it going to be done? It might even not be done on a blockchain. So they, although they call it crypto, it's not the same thing. You can have a crypto that's not on a blockchain and not secured. What's it going to be? It's going to be called Warcoin. And every single time we go to war with another country, it's just going to skyrocket. Seamus, can you read this next super chat right here? Hold on. Tim, here is some money to get Seamus an Ireland flag, a pot of gold, and a St. Joseph statue to go behind his wall from one Irish light or another. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> Frankly, if we could get like a papal flag behind me, oh I would gosh. love it. That would be perfect. What did St. Joseph do? St. Joseph uh, Wait, was the husband of, of the Blessed Virgin uh, Mary. Oh, that's Joe? Yeah, yeah St. Joseph. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to he, he was the foster father of Jesus Just Christ. Just your average Joe. Is that where that Not comes your from? average joke, absolutely. I hear not. he was—he was, he was, he was the second awesome, holiest of all the dude. saints. Oh, he—he he is. Right. He like adopted Jesus, right? Yeah. Well, he was That's the foster father. Yeah, foster. Let's father. Uh, but he, so let's read some more. Let's read some more. Uh, what it says? Visick says, "Good job, Seamus, getting Tim Pool as a guest on your show." Thank you, on Shimcast <laughs> right? IRL. You're welcome. <laughs> but it's, it, I, and, and I've gotten Tim on my show. I've done Tim's show plenty of time. Uh, Timmy Tunes. Uh, yeah, where, where he does these political <laughs> cartoons. And They're pretty good. Yeah, every now and again, I'll come and voice Dr. Fauci for him. So. <laughs> uh, I like my, the Jordan Peterson, though. Thank you so yes. much. It's thank a, you. It is, it is, Seamus, it is a life accomplishment of mine to have a voice acting credit. For those that don't know, I am the voice of Dr. Fauci on Freedom Tunes. <laughs> People right? never know. People never know. I'll That's mention so that you're the voice of Dr. Fauci. Like, wait, really? Wait, I'm like, can we hear it? Uh, you don't need to be wearing two masks. <laughs> It was, dude. We we probably improv like it's a way it's a way rougher version of his actual voice. Yeah. Well, also like I love it. Spot on. I put a little slate at the end of every video that lists donors and also lists credits. So Tim gets listed in the credits, and you have you actually have I am uh, Internet Movie Database IMDb right? Yeah. Yeah, credits. 
for your doctor. Do you get Fauci. royalties every time it's played? That's actually how he's funding this. <laughs> he gets royalties that's, from Freedom that's, that's actually a bit we were going to do for the vlog where it's like, the, the the joke is that Seamus, the royalties from Freedom Tunes are what fund everything and everything. It's like we're just trying to maintain a, a, a an image. We should do that. I come bit. in. That'd be funny. We absolutely should. Dude, it's so funny because like I, I've seen one or two comments on the vlogs. They're like, I wonder if like Seamus and Chris are just joking or if they really do those things. It's like this is <laughs> – I thought it was obvious that we were like doing a bit. No. All right. Let's read some more. Read some more. We got to uh, – Aiden says, Tim, you should have on Maxime Bernier on the show, leader oh, of the People's Party of Canada. Trucks just passed my house today. Also, Carrie, you look beautiful. He said he he, he said no. So Maxime, when I asked him, was doing like a really hardcore uh, campaign. So he's too busy. But we can try again. Well, he, I mean, he, fun, yeah. keep yeah, in mind that doing a show like this is good for your campaign, bro. It's true. Well, too. look, look, look. It's just yeah. a matter of time. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like the. Uh, like people are busy, busy, busy people. You know, if they have time for us and they want to do us a favor and come on, like I appreciate it. We don't pay guests to come out. We we yeah. cover their costs and everything. They don't. We're, yeah, we don't pay. Yeah, Seamus actually, <laughs> we never paid his costs. We just, no. you know, we it's tricked like, him. They wouldn't pay him. my costs. No, what you, that's that, actually we pay Seamus the most. Uh, I yeah. saw. I think it's Dan Crenshaw is about to start a podcast. I think is that right? Oh, I don't um, know. I, what do you guys think about like every congressperson having their own podcast? Probably be a good thing. Uh, I don't want to yeah. hear anything more from any of those yeah, people. Well, you get to listen at your own leisure. I guess. True too. I think right. I should, man. I want to hear more from them. And the president, Ted Cruz too. does one. Well, like, with are you, do you think excited. how many people? Oh, like, <laughs> let the dead right, pass. Hold on. <laughs> How many people who work in politics, how many people who are actual elected representatives have, like, anything remotely interesting to say ever? Uh, Trey Gowdy did. 3% Every now and again. I'm not saying there's, I'm not saying, like, some of them, some of them Rand Paul does. Yeah, 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 every now and again. in Ron Paul. Oh, my goodness. But I'm saying it's very uncommon. It's very uncommon. But then again, if the market was just saturated with a bunch of elected leaders having podcasts, we would see which ones rose to the top. Yeah, yeah, That'd be yeah. Good. He Donald, should, man. If Donald Trump had a podcast, <laughs> it would be, be like incredible. six hours a day. Yeah, six hours. Real. He would just because he just would turn the mic on and start talking. He would two point three million followers. I would call fat today if I was on Twitter. <laughs> Here's the list. It's twelve. It's going to take about a half hour to get through this. Okay. <laughs> None of these people. All of these people drink diet coke. For sure. <laughs> all right. Let's read some more. What do we got here? Uh, Anthony says, "Why don't the trucker protests, California, New York, and all these?" States that are enforcing mask mandate and vaccine mandates. Yeah, where's the U.S. trucker protest? I suppose after they do the convoy in Canada, they should keep it going. But they yeah. haven't specifically targeted truckers. It was, a, you know, was blanket a mandate thing, right? yeah. in, well, in so, America. Like they haven't gone after truckers. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the, uh, isn't that the problem? Well, the issue now yeah. is that in Canada, it's the border. Yeah, that is, yeah. if you want to cross the border, you got to be vaccinated, and unvaccinated Americans can't even enter Canada. But uh, unvaccinated Canadians have to quarantine after entering. So it's jammed up traffic in both directions. I don't know if that's the sole reason for the protest. It's a big reason. All right. Let's see what we got. Just a cook named Josh says, hey, Tim, love your show as I've made it a daily routine every day. It is a Canadian. Thank you for making news of the Freedom Convoy 2022. As the authoritarian government censors us, we are not going to stop, like, and share. Yes. 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 Tell everybody about the story, man. There, there was also another protest. I think people confused where they were con- truckers were concerned about icy conditions. Mm. It actually happened, and some people are suggesting it was a psyop. Because what happens is when this trucker convoy breaks, you know, comes out. Right? I heard reports that are like only some trucks are blocking the, the the borders, and it's no big deal. Then you actually look at the social media, and it's like hundreds of truckers are starting this thing. Then all of a sudden, there's a protest where it's like truckers engage in you know massive uh, political action. 
And I clicked it and it was like uh, seven trucks with signs saying, you know, fix the icy conditions. And then I was like, wait, what? What, what is, oh, they what? spun up a, a, another protest to defuse from the protest. So the conspiracy theory wow. is to, to a media trick people tactic. into thinking there's no real big 50,000 trucker protest. You stage a small one, then tell everyone, oh, that trucker protest you heard about, there it is, That, that seven, those seven trucks. Yep, they are upset about search, icy conditions. Your search yeah. optimization also, results. Yep. I mean, I know icy conditions are dangerous, but... I, I've never heard of a protest about icy conditions. This might have to do with that. That just seems insane. Like, what? What do we want? More salt. That trucker that was like, (laughs) remember like a couple months ago, the trucker was coming down the hill and hit a bunch of people. So it might have something to do with that. I thought that was more his brakes. I think it was. Well, Well, he was supposed to take, there was was the, the, they had that off ramp thing for runaway trucks. He was supposed to go through, he didn't. And they blamed yeah. him. Like, they came down with him on 100 years in prison yeah, or something. Yeah, so was the there, was, there was a good argument from the truckers. But was that, it icy? I don't think it was no. icy. No, but, but they the, might the, be the, like, the hey, was, we're not driving if you're going to blame us for accidents. The argument was that if he's treating, if, if you're, if you're holding a powerful device, be it a gun or a truck, you're responsible right. for what happens. So if you crash it, that's his fault. He should have <gasps> engaged in proper safety protocols. Yes. Well, Did you hear that's what they're trying to do in Milwaukee? They're actually, I cannot believe, well, it's liberal, so oh, I can yeah. believe it. Yeah. Uh, so these, the Milwaukee City Council, I kid you not, wants to sue the two most popular, uh, you know, the makers of the two most popular cars in the area that are getting hijacked because there are too many carjackings now in the city of Milwaukee. Uh, and so they want oh, to sue right. them for making the cars too easy to but hijack. That's like she Amazing. shouldn't have worn that walking on the street. That's yeah. exactly what I said. I wrote a, ple- a piece about this and I said, this is the equivalent of victim shaming and saying that the, 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 the rape victim deserved it because she was wearing mm-hmm. a skirt or a blouse. Mm-hmm. It's It's... They want these car companies to make uglier cars. They want them to make them easier to to hide or harder to hijack. No, yeah, he didn't. He, uh, not not harder to want to hijack. Right. Like, oh, not, I so see. Not uglier, more secure. But I want to. I just want to mention one more thing here about this trucker shortage. As we were mentioning earlier in the podcast, twenty percent of truckers who cross the border, as many as twenty percent, are unvaccinated. We sort of stopped talking about this in general. It was a story a few months ago, but there is still a trucker shortage. Yep. So to do this right now, again, just to just to really hit home the absurdity of this, it's insane. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's it's actually ridiculous. People don't know this, but saying the word absurd is the hypnotic command to trigger trigger Seamus becoming Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. Absurd. Uh, let's read some more. What? Trash Panda says, can't think of a better birthday present for me today than seeing my fellow trucker spit in the eye of yeah, pirates. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday Absolutely. to you. Happy yeah. birthday. Keep on trucking. All right. Bill, Bill Lemon says, no, really. can we have a case? match between Seamus and Luke. Last man standing stays in the show permanently. Oh, snap. So this is the thing. Luke and I have interacted around the house a number of times. I'm always very kind and gracious to him. He's got a chip <laughs> on his shoulder. He's always yelling yeah. at me, cussing at me. You can see it on the vlog. People, uh, people don't realize this, but Ireland and Poland have beef. No, historical. It's, not, it's historical. Right? No, I mean in all honesty, uh, Luke is Luke is is someone who I really like, whose work I like very much. And Tim had to put me in this unfortunate position of being pitted against him. And it's sad because, to be honest, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I really admire the Polish, uh, especially Poland as a country. Very good. Catholic if you were going to wrestle the Luke, po- the Pope. That uh, helped defeat John Paul II. Yeah, yeah, Polish. Yeah, if, if the Pope then knew how to pope. Yeah. Would you wrestle Luke on land or in like a foot I, of water? Don't worry, I never <laughs> said I never said I wouldn't wrestle him. I'd, I'd wrestle Luke anywhere. Yeah. Underwater, yeah. Underwater, yeah. underwater, underwater would be yeah. underwater. Man. I just I would be upset about it, but like I would, of course, I would do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you yeah, do it actually. if he identified as a female? Because then you'd be attacking a female. No, because he wouldn't actually be a female. 
you know? So you yeah, would still wrestle him? I would still wrestle him. See, even you just uh-huh, said him yeah. because you know. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, Damien says, Tim, I got a mobile LED billboard. As of tonight, I have both breaking news on it. First, about the truckers. Second, is that the man that got denied the heart transplant? Oh, we should we should buy some billboards. Yes, we should. This man what has should a good we do? idea. Let's do a billboard. Shimcast. No, we should do a billboard. C U L T. Yeah. Oh, here. Don't move here if you're a. No, we'll just we'll just do it, and we'll 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 put it. You know, it's gonna be really funny. We think we're being all smart and edgy, like ha cult, and then it becomes like an actual popular thing, like how Monopoly did. Yeah. Like you know, Monopoly was originally made to make fun of capitalism. Yeah. We could get one of those. Really? I did not know that. No, like let's buy a real billboard. I'm saying like actually get Sunset Boulevard. The problem is they're not worth it anymore. We noticed this with mines when we were doing market research. Is like Super Bowl ads, billboards. They were so expensive, and the return was so low relative to like Facebook ads. Yeah. So. If you really want to hit a target audience, you go to the internet. What's my Facebook ads? Because then there's click-throughs. That's a great idea. What's, 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 a, what's, a, what's something we can do with Facebook ads that would just well, be, we you have know. a marketing guy who's great, so. Well, I don't mean, I don't mean marketing. I don't, I don't care if people learn who we are necessarily. I'm saying just to, like, you know, spit in the eye of tyrants. Well, I'm good at making cartoons. And That's cartoons true. upset tyrants sometimes. So. Did you ever hear the story about that guy who used Facebook's targeted advertising to freak out his roommate? <laughs> no. Because fa- Facebook used to allow you to directly target people based on email addresses. Oh, really? So what he did was oh. he advertised to only one email address, which Whoa. was his roommate. Yikes. And he would make ads that said things like, did you forget to do the dishes? Your roommate could be angry. And then his roommate would be like, what oh is going on? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's actually amazing. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I don't, I don't think they allow that anymore. Though. Oh, it's too bad. That's yeah. a shame. <laughs> now it's just like torture, like, psychological torture. Yeah. Uh, Psych- maybe they do. Maybe maybe they still allow it. I don't know. It was a funny they story. Should. That is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Nevermore says drink. Tim said occupy. Do yeah. I say occupy very often? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it occupies some of your time. Yeah. It occupies. Occupy Wall Street. You said I occupy Wall Street. You didn't earlier. say Wall Street. Oh, you you said occupy. You were talking about the protesters. I know. I said it one time. Yeah. Okay. So it's funny drink. when people are like, if Tim says a certain phrase, drink, and I'm like, it's funny because there'll be like a week where I'll say something like at the end of the day a lot. It's true. And then everyone for like a year will be like, Tim says at the end of the day a lot. And I'm like, that's like one <laughs> week like... where it was in my mind that I don't say that You anymore. said something, you said to be honest several times. I did. Yeah, that's one and of I'm my like, pillars. And I'm like, why'd you that... point it out? They're going to know now. now we okay. Know. Drink, that was, a, drink, little, that was a little too honest. Drink. Drink. No, <laughs> the reason why honest. is because I, I have a friend who would say, whenever somebody says that, you're like, okay, was everything else a lie? So, yeah, exactly. so like you're now caveating <laughs> what you're saying. Out. Oh, you're it's true. Does that mean everything else is a lie? Yes. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Now saying. they're going to know. You know I'm a truth teller. Tell the truth, Seamus. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got this from Nick. He says, my parents are what I call Fox News Republicans. I've been trying to get them to listen to you, Tim. I showed them a five-minute clip, and they said they agreed with what you said. Keep oh. up the great work. Cool. So uh, we were talking about this the other day. Every so often, the segment I do at 4 p.m., Tucker Carlson will then do at on his nightly show. I, I don't do the entirety of his show because he does, you know, an hour or whatever. But like my, you know, 10 minute, you know, segment or whatever, which I, it stretches out for a variety of reasons, he would talk about that in his. And I think that has a lot to do with um, like the, the, I guess the, the cultural zeitgeist that in this political space, a conversation emerges that everyone sees and starts talking about. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah well, I mean. I told you not to do that segment about the M&Ms, but you still did it. And then we had Tucker Carlson. That was yeah. a weird expression on your face when you said that. You were like, yeah, "This is great." I was like, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make fun of." Seamus did. Tim's gonna get of, this. Seamus made fun of Tucker Carlson, and Lou got really mad. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so right. Because here's the thing. <laughs> And people know, generally speaking, I'm a fan of Tucker Carlson, Me to too. be honest. I enjoy his work, honestly. But 
I wasn't going to not make fun of him for the Eminem segment. So I just kept doing this impression of him. And everyone was cracking up except for Luke. Luke was, getting, Luke was like, you know what? He made a mistake. Let him be. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he was mostly joking, No, too. he was mostly joking. He was mostly joking. It was a, it was a, it was a dumb mostly. segment. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see the Eminem segment? It's a great segment. He's like, why aren't Tucker's? Eminem's attractive to me anymore? <laughs> 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 yeah, that was I good. Just, well, he was com- he's complaining because – uh the green M&M was in high, like high stilettos. And, and now- then there were boots. They were like go-go, go-go boots, boots. Like, yeah. like, like thigh high sexy boots. Like boots the, that the I would want to wear. What is wrong with being sexy? Like what is wrong with being feminine? What is wrong with that? I don't well, get it. For sure, but I just. We I, want it, they want us to be androgynous. Do, I don't, well, yeah. he, but we're talking about an M&M. Like I don't. I think it's very weird, yeah. Like when it, when, especially. You ever see that meme where it's like, <laughs> it's, very it's like never forget what they took from you and it's Lola Bunny from the 90s and <laughs> oh, Lola yeah, Bunny from huh, the new one. That's true. I took her boobs away. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm not, I've never been concerned. But may, maybe there are furries or some people who are like, you know, they, they, that, that's actually a meme too. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I just never really thought about it. I never thought about her having those boots. Until someone said something right. about it, but then, but now I'm angry that they took them away. I think the bit you should do, Seamus, is that the can't. You should go the other direction with it and make the make make the candy ten times as sexy. Absolutely not. No, that <laughs> is and it's disgusting. Ugh. Well, no, I but I always thought it was like weird. Big, yeah, why are like they? they I always thought it was weird. Some I, I just I <laughs> always around. I thought it was very weird that when it came to the mascots, Eminem decided one of the Eminems needed to have like some version of sex appeal. That was always <laughs> a strange thing. Yeah. It's like they're Eminems. Were they appealing to? It's, it's, because we, well, we just have this absurd, and like I'm not sure. It, 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 I guess the best thing or you could say in terms feminine. of giving them the benefit of the doubt is that they're sort of parodying like a stereotype with this Eminem of like this is what you it's know. There's always like sort of that token having um, the beautiful woman character. smoking the cigarette in the yeah. commercial, and it's like mm. trying to target yeah. people, make them feel more attractive let's, when they smoke. Let's read some more super chats. We got a good one here from Nova Zero. He says, "Those of us Aussies who who know you use a VP, you use a VPN. I turn it off for the super chat so you know where I am." But likewise, you don't know us. Avi isn't the only one fighting here. Aussie Cossack and Friendly Geordies. We exist, you know. Yes, absolutely. I'm familiar with Avi uh, um, um, principally. I know there's a lot of other people there. I have I have uh, some friends in a couple different cities. I talk to them about what's going on. There's obviously people organizing protests and pushing back. I did not mean to suggest that literally no Australian person is is, is protesting. I'm just saying that, you know, when Ian pointed out Quillette under duress... I can immediately point to Avi, who I'm familiar with for a variety of reasons. Right. And uh, you guys as well. So, so you know, good luck and, and fight the good fight. And I hope Australia learns its lesson and, and backs off the insanity. Mm-hmm. All right. Adrian Curry says, Marxism is like the Hallmark Channel. It's a lie women get addicted to because it makes them feel good. Interesting. The Hallmark I Channel. Like that. <laughs> it does seem and very it makes you I think do like the Hallmark evil. Channel. Yeah. No. It makes you think men are no, evil. Cult, so many cult. Hallmark movies. No, it says cult men are evil. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Urban cult. men are evil. That's yeah. awesome. You got to move to the country and find a good, that's right, family-oriented so man. You know what? You, you know turned what? me around on this. Yeah. All right, Z says, you know I'm an atheist, but after hearing that Mormon comment, I think I'm going to be a Mormon, lol. <laughs> which which one was it. that, though? Was that the cult, it, cult or something? I, I think it's that there's more Oh, women, the polygamy. Maybe? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. That's, I think they've done away with that, have they? Wasn't no, it? No. I, well, actually, no, exactly, on paper. They do believe in the afterlife. So the mainstream church, as I like to say, the Mitt Romney church, the big one, they do believe in polygamy in the afterlife. Like but, They believe the structure of heaven is polygamous. Aren't they teetotalists? Oh, Oh yeah, no yeah. coffee, no booze, no tea. So they're they're no monogamous booze. in life. No yeah, so so I think it was like Family Guy or some show where they were like, wait, when you're a Mormon, you can have multiple wives. Like, yes, and they're like, sign me up. 
And then they were like, wait, no beer. Oh, and they ran away. <laughs> is it, is it that but in the afterlife, you don't need booze, right? Mm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. everyone's they, happy. Yeah. Are they monogamous in life? And then when they die, they think they have a bunch of wives? Well, actually, on Earth, you can technically be sealed to multiple women, usually in matters of death or divorce. So, for an example, my Aunt Charlotte uh, was gorgeous. She was Miss USA. She was Miss Utah USA. She was stunning. I don't want to say too... I, I, I will hold my tongue about her ex-husband, but basically she put on some weight and then he divorced her and married a younger, uh, you know, skinnier woman. They had had eight children together. And uh, because they believe you need to be married in order to go to the highest level of heaven, she she passed away. God rest her soul. Um, she never found another husband to marry. So technically, according to Mormon doctrine, because he was still sealed to her. He will get both wives in the afterlife. Oh, wow. That's, that's kind of, wow. That's yeah. weird. It's kind of, it always, that really angered me. That's it really upset me. Understandably. Yeah. I mean, cause I'm like, I'm like, it's, it's part of why I left Mormonism. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is literally the definition of hell to me. Like, how wow. is this heaven? So bad, this was designed yeah. out of the brain of a human male. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah this sounds like, <laughs> sure let's, let's, yeah. let's read some more here. We got, uh, Yellow Cafe says the largest cult in the world is led by Jared Leto. He's tattooing his followers' bodies. He and his followers say the phrase, yes, this is a cult. To downplay that it's a cult, he has many allegations against him for having adult activities with with uh, underage individuals. Please look into this. Those are bold accusations. I'm not I familiar with that. He sent us a thing about this. Really? Yeah. Thick huh. thing. is interesting. But but hmm. Jared Leto plays that Morbius guy. Yeah, he sings you know, that song. Joker. Those songs. Oh, right. He's the Joker. Song. Yeah. All right. Let's see. 30 seconds to Mars. Yes. Ze- Zeknik says, Seamus, are you courting Michaela Peterson after your interview with her her and her father? A lot of flirt vibes in that interview. <laughs> no, it was I didn't think I was flirting at all. You were hey, she's, all over well, well, having a conversation. Hold on. Hold on. We're having a friendly conversation. I don't know. Everybody knows, Seamus, women marry their fathers. And when you go to Michaela, doing that voice, we know what you're trying to do. No, it's a great video. Seamus did a a video with on Michaela. I think it's on Michaela's channel with, and Jordan made a special appearance, and Seamus did the voice to his face. (laughs) Every check it out, check it out. It's hilarious. It was good. That's awesome. Wait, yeah. you. you did Jordan Peterson's voice to Jordan? Oh, yeah, to his face. The, it was great. It was the, great. It was a good wow. experience. I didn't think I was going to have to, but then I was. So she <laughs> Can I have your autograph? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so she invited me to do her podcast, which was great. And so I was on, and I did not expect him to be there, and she surprised me with him. Uh, she surprised me with, with Jordan Peterson being there, uh, and it, it blew my mind. It really awesome. did. Okay, she yeah, likes you. What kind of? She likes you, Shay. She likes I like you. you too. Are you wait, kidding wait, wait. me? Is she married? She, yeah, she. No. I, oh, yeah, she is. She okay, never mind divorced. then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let me move. Oh, really? Or announced oh, the he broke yeah. up yeah. the marriage. Yeah. yeah. The best, Stop it. The best, never. The best part of the interview was when Jordan got confused about who he was. He's like, "Wait, who am I? Who's talking in a mirror? Stay away from me!" He punched his computer screen. All right. Wade Mikunda says Tim has Fauci arguing with Seamus as Jordan Peterson go. Well, here's the thing. It. It's like if you he, here here's the deal. Put on, put on your mask, Jordan. No, I got vaccinated. You're getting leave droplets. you leave me alone. I got vaccinated. <laughs> oh man, maybe maybe oh, that should be. Uh, uh, I love it. This skit. should be ongoing. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as good as Seamus at doing the voices. Like when we do this normally, I have to like try and get into character. Anthony Fauci, Jordan Peterson in a paleontology museum trying to get out. Oh gosh! <laughs> Five minutes until closing time. Oh, no. Did you used to do improv? No, you used to yeah, do improv. Theater, yeah, that's yeah. what you do in improv. Yeah, awesome. 
No, so when, when I do the voices, <laughs> usually the, situation. the the only way it really works, especially the long ones, is that Seamus tells me how to say these things. Mm-hmm. For real, though. So, like, Seamus gave me a script once, and I can read it as Fauci, but to get the actual thing right, I need some. I need him, you know. Motivation. Otherwise, I'd be What's like, my motivation? No, no, it's just, like, you can say things like, get out of my store. Get out of my store. Get out of my store. You know what I mean? Get out oh, of like my a, store. Like a line right. reading. A vocal coach. So exactly. line reading it, No, it's just. I'm a good uh, director. So, is, yeah. so because. Uh, <laughs> more feeling. Depending on how the other sentences are going to be said, it could be a question. It could be a response. It could be angry. It could be sad. I can't see those things on paper. So in order to actually have like an argument, yeah. do it. So are you the equivalent of colorblind, but with words? <laughs> well, no, I mean, Seamus is, is good at the improv and just doing these voices. I can do a voice, but without something to play off of. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like. So typically when people are like, hey, can you do this person's voice? I'm like, I have to actually hear them say it and I can impersonate it. Mm-hmm. Seamus, for some reason, can just literally make up a sentence that sounds like Jordan Peterson from, you know, right away. Yeah, there's something strange about my brain, but I know that when Tim and I will record, I'll be like, Tim, he'll give me a read and I'll go, Tim, you're angry. People aren't taking their vaccines. They won't wear their masks. You've studied this your whole you're life. You're getting your droplets all over me. And then I go, you nailed it. You got it. I felt the emotion in that. That was a fun one. The one so where the guy's hilarious. breaking up with Fauci. Yeah, and then you know, Fauci cries, and I went. <laughs> I, I I put that on. Uh, I put that for, uh, for my donors on Patreon. Like the entire twenty minute recording session, people were dying so when they watched it. That was it's hilarious. it's so hilarious, yeah. dude. Uh, table reads for voice acting is just always always so hilarious. much fun. Yeah, Seamus and I did a really disgusting uh, uh, improv. We did some very funny ones. There was one disgusting one. I don't even want to get into it's, detail. Uh, I'll about just explain. It. It. I can't it's, see the light. No, don't even explain. We'll never see the light of day. There's, oh, I can't. Oh, it's it's it was, so bad. It's, it's basically uh, uh, Fauci is in, is in Los Angeles. Tim, don't do this. Don't even explain yeah. this. Don't Come on. Do this. What do you mean? It's, it's a good. So it's, it's a. It's a. It's a. It's, it's a, so a common gross. joke. Gross it's a meme. Out. Yeah, that's fair. So it's Fauci's in L.A. and and someone's trying to get work, and he's like, "If you want to work in this town," and he's basically, you know, Harvey. You know, <laughs> that's true. No, but but you gotta get your vaccination. That's right. That's that's a that's a that's a tame description of being a problem. So fair. Seamus was. Like this is not acceptable. <laughs> YouTube would ban us instantly. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. That you were a good Catholic. I was. I know. That's why. I, that's was, why I was like, Tim, I can't make this. No, the whole Catholic. time I was like, literally the whole time I was like, Tim, we're not doing that. Like, we are not doing that. Oh, yeah. I was like, Seamus, where's the edgy humor? Did you go to the like, confession that's, that's after that? No. Well, I didn't think I did anything. You wrong. talked to your priest. I do talk to my priest, but I didn't think I did anything wrong in that instance. I kept telling Tim not to. Do you do confession a lot? Do you do like every week or something? I try to. So when I'm in, when I'm at my home base and I'm, you know, on a decent schedule, I try to go at least once a week. Is that normal? For a Catholic to go every week? That's a good question. Do you go before you take communion to reset that button? That's a question. Yeah, so you need to be in a state of grace before you have the Eucharist. And so if I'm not in a state of grace, I'll have to go to confession first. But it's not necessarily required that you go to confession before every time you have the Eucharist. State of grace, like meditate, like into a calm state kind of? It's a good question. So basically, um, in Scripture, there's a delineation between the kind of sin that leads unto death specifically that are listed like drunkards, idolaters, etc. will not uh, inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so we refer to those and things under that category. Basically, any grave violation of the Ten Commandments is a mortal sin because that destroys your relationship with God. And then you need to be restored to a relationship with God because as it's mentioned in Scripture, Christ gave his the, apost- the apostles the ability to forgive and retain sin. And so we believe that that was passed on through apostolic succession to modern-day priests. But so, where in uh, the Bible did Jesus ask any confession when he gave them the bread and, and wine 
at the Last Supper because I don't recall him doing that, and I'm pretty sure that Judas was not in a state of grace. Yeah, no. So that's an interesting question. It's been argued by some. Sorry, that he was, Tim. Tim's yeah, saying this, we gotta... this is a whole big argument, but the the point we'll I want to make later. is that yeah, Protestants well, I, rule. I, but I can't. But, but I but I can't let that stand. Yeah. I, but I can't let that stand. I'll, I'll also say that sorry, um, we've, we're done. We're canceled. We should we do this in the after chat. show about this. About after this? show. Well, we well, can talk. Yes. Yeah, so, but that uh, means you got to join. But we y'all got to subscribe. Yeah, yeah, because the thing is, so purpose. I just want to mention this. In in Scripture, Paul does say, you eat and drink condemnation upon yourself if you receive unworthily. Mm. Corto oh. Maltese says, I've been following you for for years now, but if this is just going to turn into Jesus cast, count me out. I come here for the news, not to hear about Christianity. Well, define Christianity. Well, gonna, there's organized I, religion, then there's living like Christ, and you can do that without it be hearing I, your religion. I, exactly. I absolutely love talking about religion. Um, we, we've done several members only podcasts where we went like really long talking about a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I will say, you know, try to, uh, you know, if it go, if it goes too much into it, we'll try and steer it back into news. I don't want to, but I, I think, Jainism I think it's, it. it's basically just because we have two, you know, religious individuals on the show today. That yeah. It comes up. And also like when you're religious, your religion is baked into your worldview. So it's going to come up. I mean, it's, you're just going to end up analyzing things through that lens. It's not as if I sit here and go, I want to force the conversation in this direction. It's just the way my brain works is when this topic goes up, I really Related to my worldview and well, the prism through which I well, see. And, and also, the United States was founded primarily mm-hmm. by Judeo Christians. So, mm-hmm. this is a podcast about America for Americans. Mm-hmm. I think that there are a lot of people who are like our viewer here who are secular, but there are a lot of Christians. And, and I think the beauty of a cosmopolitan society is that you can have. All voices. We don't talk about religion all that often, to be honest. But do, yeah. uh, but we, 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 we do have. So I, I got to read some super chats. Can't we've got a discussion. We're going to read some more super chats. It's very important. Anorak says, as a furry. I can confirm the fandom was devastated by the Lola Bunny change. Made me avoid social media for a month to stay away from the drama. Wow. That's actually kind of crazy. I got a message from someone who was like, you know what? I identify as a furry. I want to thank you guys for kind of like just talking about the whole furry thing as kind of like a role play and not some weird you know, bizarre getting your six-year-old a sex change operation or something. And so shout out to all you furries out there. And role playing is cool. You can do it constructively. Yeah, furries furries have a uh, uh, really bad rap. You know what I mean? But we have, we've had some people who have chimed in and talked about being a furry, and you know have 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 given us consistent super chats. Pretty sure people are just people in the middle. Yeah, I was an actor know. for years. I mean, people do it for a living. All right, what is this? Kevin Grip says Crenshaw, big disappointment, bait and switch. Yeah, what do you guys think about Crenshaw? When I first. Saw him. I loved him because of his willingness to listen. I think the thing I love about him is he's a good listener. Um, although I was thinking about this the other night, very open-minded. The problem with being open-minded is that you're more susceptible to being co-opted. So if he's there in the, the swamp and he's got people swirling around his mind, I'm afraid that he may be being pulled in directions. We are going to have uh, Dan Crenshaw on the show at some, uh, some point soon. Yep. Where uh, I'm excited to have that conversation. There's been a lot of really he's, he's had a lot of really bad internet press, like a lot, like a viral videos and stuff. I mean by that, and uh, I think it's gonna be interesting to break down these questions and these stories and ask him about his worldview and and, and what he hopes to accomplish. There was a lot of hope for him. A lot uh, early on, people were really excited for Dan. Now it seems like a lot of the stuff coming out is very anti. You know, Crenshaw. he said that he thought Congress people should get paid more, and I was like, okay, he's famous. The famous Congress people get flown around. They get they go to events. They get taken around. They need to pay for that. 175k is not enough in a year to fly to Dallas and Fort Worth and all these. So then I'm like, so should we pay our famous Congress people more money? No, that's a bad precedent because then they're going to be tweeting up storms to get more famous to get more money. So like, but I understand that that you need more money. 
we, when you're higher profile to get around. We we do uh, plan on having him on very soon. We don't really don't announce dates or anything just because in, in the event someone cancels, we don't want to get anyone's hopes up. But uh, Luke will be coming back for this, and we're going to have a very serious political political discussion, foreign policy, domestic policy. So I think it'll I think it'll be good, and I think you know if people whatever they think about him, they're going to hear a lot more from him, and you know they can use that to to uh, either solidify or counter their their opinions on him. But we'll see, we'll see how it happens, uh, how it goes down. So if you haven't already, uh, smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Go to timcast.com, become a member because we are going to have a members only segment coming up for you around 11 p.m. Don't forget to follow the show at Timcast IRL on Instagram and everywhere else. You can follow me at TimCast on Twitter, Instagram, Gab, Getter, etc. Carrie, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, nice to meet everybody. Um, I'll see you in the after party show. And uh, if you want to check out what we're doing at IWF.org, we are the counter to the feminist lies. Uh, and we have a community called the Independent Women's Network where we bring women and we, we love men. We are a women's group that loves men. Imagine that. So, uh, independent women's network, uh, we'd love to have you be part of our community. We have live chats. We have message boards. We have letters to send to your school board about masking policies, things like that. We will see you there. And what's your Twitter? You got Twitter too. Oh yeah, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Twitter, Getter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at, at Carrie Sheffield, except for Instagram, which is Sheffield Carrie. Sorry to the other one. She, uh, reversed the name and got it before I did. <laughs> I'm Seamus Coglin. And I have a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. If you guys want to check that out, head on over there, subscribe. We just released a cartoon today about this insane policy of putting masks on children, which a lot of schools have. So check that out. Like, share, subscribe, spread it around. I think it's important for people on our side of the aisle to kind of try to build culture is the way Tim puts it, but just create content that isn't just a discussion of politics, but which is an actual sort of lampooning of it. And yeah, check me out there. Shout out to all you uh, Muslims, Christians, Jews, Hindus, Buddhists, Jainists. Simulists. Simulists. <laughs> Zoroastrists. Yeah. Also nuns. N-O-N-E-S. All you nuns out all there. All you nuns. Atheists. Love you. Agnostics. Shout out we to all everybody. the agnostics up in this. We love everyone. And the flat earthers. Yeah. And the hollow earthers. If you believe and in the flat, flat earth. hollow earthers. Shout out. And the flat simulation are people who believe in a simulation and it, the earth is flat and it's hollow. The, hollow simulation. Hollow simulation. <laughs> hey, follow me, IanCrossland.net. I'll catch you later. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. I suspect tonight's after show will be fun, so you guys should go join up at TimCast.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You guys may follow me on Twitter and at Minds at Sour Patchlets. We will see you all over at TimCast.com for the members segment. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.